Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, guys. Happy Monday. Yeah. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Yes. A lot to talk about for sure. Martin Shoddy, would, would Zion been better off investing a hundred thousand dollars in call options? <laughs> He's got a fighter on his hands. <laughs> Shout out to Zion. So you're man. saying he has a fighting chance? Ian. Hold, your, Hold head, your head, my brother. Hold, Hold your head. head. He's using all types of things. Hold your head, man. You know Shout out to June 12th, man. Today is uh my parents' anniversary. I want to start off with that, man. Oh my God. 52 years of marriage. 52 years, man. So that's right. Happy anniversary to my parents. Uh, thank, parents thank you for setting an example of marriage that uh that I, I I'm hoping to follow. So are they you. gonna make an appearance on Earn Your Love to guide us on how to have <laughs> amazing relationships? I mean, I will, next time I come to the house, I know I'm getting some counseling. <laughs> every time you come to doing the same thing. <laughs> What's the secret? I know. I think it's routine. Routine is is, is, is the key, is the key to marriage. Routine. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to them. Happy anniversary for sure. For sure, for sure. So um yeah, a lot to talk about this Monday. There's a lot going on in the world of finance and investing and business and entrepreneurship. So mm -hmm. I'm not gonna waste too much time. We're gonna get right to it. Um 
So first and foremost, dope episode tomorrow. You want to highlight this uh, couple out of LA? They actually, Flores. They actually just got highlighted in the NBA. Oh, uh, finals! I know that you had that original introduction. Yeah, so. man, man. So it's a, it's an incredible story, man. You talking about somebody that just has a gift and a talent, and actually created a business around it. And so it was crazy. We watching the NBA finals, and I'm like, that's that's old one. That we we sat down with them, and so they have a floral company um, that is killing out of LA, but they do specialty events, weddings, all types of things. But to see them in the you know the NBA is doing a black business highlight um, over the next two weeks and so to see them up there i'm like wow the time it couldn't have been more perfect especially that since you know we've made a, a conscious effort to have more women uh, entrepreneurs and she's she's going to be on, on the show with her husband as well but it was a, it's a dope episode because it's something that we've never talked about but it's a business that is definitely needed um and so it is it's gonna be a good one yeah so that's a dope episode tomorrow check it out eight o'clock and um floral you know, the floral business is a, a billion dollar industry, multi billion dollar yeah. industry. Yeah. Um, you know, flowers get shipped from South America. She they really explains to us the whole dynamic. And yeah. once again, one of those businesses, everybody always gets flowers for Valentine's Day, and, and nobody really thinks about like actually having a floral business, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a profitable business, something that they've been killing, and they also have cologne as well. Yeah. Um. So that's dope, man. Check it out. And you, you know who knows how much the floral business is, is making? The people who get married, because when you gotta pay for them flowers, you look at the bill, it's like twenty thousand. You're like, for some flowers, flowers? <laughs> right? Speaking of what, shout out to Pinky, shout out to Pinky and, and Derek. They got married, so I'm sure they know what the floral oh, yeah, business makes because they, their their wedding looked absolutely beautiful and there was a lot of flowers. Congratulations, yeah. So that's the thing. So we, like I said, we're gonna highlight women, um, for the next ninety days since, or <laughs> or, or a lot of the guys act like girls anyway, so. If we're gonna get feminine energy, we might as well organic, organic feminine energy. This message is brought to you, bro. <laughs> it's actually worse. They actually worse in the CV shop. They actually worse. They actually they actually worse than women. But you know, I digress. Um, so check it out tomorrow. Big announcement. Yes. EYL Network. Yeah. We have a new show on our hands. Yes, new yes, show yes. alert. Yes, new yes. show alert. Breaking news alert right now. Premieres this Sunday. My brother Mike. Rashid, Shout one to of the guy. most respected men in fitness, That's will be guy. at Invest Fest. Welcome home. Um, so he has a show. It's it's a series where it's called um, Losing a Hundred Pounds. So he works with this guy called Big Mike, and um, he actually did it a few years ago where he mm -hmm. he he trained Big Mike and he lost a hundred pounds. Unfortunately, he gained the weight back. So now this is going to be second round of the weight loss journey. So you're going to be chronicling. Big Mike's weight mm -hmm. loss journey of losing 100 pounds, and it will be on Earn Your Leisure. The first episode will be out on Sunday, and this is dope for a variety of different reasons. Health is wealth. It's our first wellness health um, show. Yep. And a lot of people are struggling with their health as far as they're being they're overweight. They might have you know different medical ailments. They're trying to work out. They're trying to figure out which which is the best workout. So you'll be able to track his journey of losing weight. But more importantly, you'll be able to implement things in your own personal life. So you'll, you'll understand, okay, you got to cut this out. You can't eat this. You got to work out. You got to drink water. So I think it's going to be dope, man. Yeah. It's like it's like the biggest loser, but a, a more like, you know, serious vibe on it. So I think that um, this is something that we're really, really excited about. Mike Rasheed, mm. good, good That's dude. Like I said, too. Yeah, highly respected in the world of fitness. 
So that premieres this Sunday. Yeah. What and, time? Uh, Sunday's at noon. Sunday's at noon. Sunday's noon uh, Eastern Standard Time, and it will be 9 uh, Pacific. So it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be a series that, like you said, some document. And this is that time of year, too, you know, right before the summer where everybody's trying to figure out how to make the best health practices. I know I'm doing that myself. Shout out to Mike. I see he's in the gym crazy. Yeah. I know Shout he's, you know, he, you catch him on the treadmill any any given day uh, yeah. with, with his headset on. So it's that time of year, man. So let, let's do this together, man. It's going to be a, a, a dope journey. Yeah, Mike's one of my favorite people. If, if For those of you who've been following the fitness industry for a long time, Mike is one of the few over the last 10 years that has stayed in phenomenal shape the entire time. No cheating, no gear. Like, his journey's been amazing. And hell of an entrepreneur on top of that. So um, congrats to y'all on that. Congrats to Mike. Love you dearly. This is going to be a good one. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, Mike Rasheed, welcome home, man. And uh, last but not least... London, London town. We are headed this week. We will yeah. be in London this week. Yes. Big show on Sunday. Sunday's the day. Father's Day. Yeah, London. Um, very very excited, man. Very very excited. We got a few tickets left. It's almost sold out. We got a few tickets left. So, click the link in the bio. Get your tickets and just you know whenever we go, we always just try to you know share good grace. So we're gonna give away ten tickets. We are actually doing a giveaway of 10 tickets um, for anybody in London. It's going to be just a random pick. So if you're interested, you can email inquiries with an S at the end, inquiries at earnyourleisure.com. Um, just provide you know your name. Provide your address, too, because we want to make sure that you actually live in London. Like, Don't just try to, <laughs> if you live in North Dakota, like, oh, I'm going to get a, la a last-minute flight no, to I'm London. I live in Indiana, but I'm on my way. No, you're yeah, not. not too much on Indiana. So, yeah, man. Um, we, like I said, we're going to do that for a couple you know, special people, inquiries at earnyourleisures.com and um, London Town. Yeah. I think we're going to have a party at tape probably on Sunday. You Perhaps. Know, it's the vibes, the vibes, the vibes, the vibes. Um, you know how we doing. we in London. And uh, congratulations in advance to, to B.D. Stevens, who's yes. getting married next week as well. So mm -hmm. shout out to him and the whole, and the whole family. Yeah, yeah. And, and before, before we, we go any further, we got to give a huge shout out to Carolyn Hyde and our good friends over at, at Bloomberg for having us last week. It was incredible. That we was got to vibe. speak on a panel and we got to do a uh, an impromptu podcast, and we got to go on TV live. It was dope, man. Anytime we go up to Bloomberg, they show us so much love. Carolyn, you know, we'll be at InvestFest. We can't even talk about who she's going to be talking with, but she will be there. Um, and she's an amazing host and a, just a brilliant mind in the world of finance and just a dope person. Just a dope person. So shout out to her. And shout out to everybody in Jamaica that ran up on me. Hey. All of the people, them. All of the people, them. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in Ultras Rios. Um, incredible sight, man. Somebody was wearing the Assets Over Liabilities shirt, just walking the streets, and it was like, wow, what a moment. That's what fine. a moment. Yeah, global expansion, man. Shout out to the yard. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, shout out to Bloomberg for sure. Shout out to Carol. All right, Ian, any announcements? Yes. Uh, Red Panda Stock Club call will be on Saturday. That is our new time at 3 p.m. Central. This call yesterday was amazing. Um for those of you in Red Panda, I'll be giving away nine tickets. Shout out to my guy Mooks. He is sponsoring nine people to, to go to the London show. So I will deliver those tonight and tomorrow morning. And um, London is going to be amazing. I'm going to go over how to profit more by trading the London market. For those of you who don't know, that London session is more profitable because it's more less volatile than the American Open. So if you are not having a good 
time trading the American Open. London is one that you should trade, but I'm going to give you some tips at Market Mondays Live in London on how to win in that market. So get your tickets, show up, and let's go. Can we announce the Invest Fest thing or no? Not, Not yet. yet. We're going to tease it. Not yet. Four more weeks. Invest Fest. Yes. Um, all right. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Oh, you want to say the disclaimer? Shall we? <laughs> Do your own research, folks. <laughs> Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. Thank you, folks. Continue to do the research. Continue to share it when it's great. And when you found it with somebody else, please share that as well. Love is love. Yes, so let's start out. Let's start out with the um with some crypto. So um the SEC uh stirred a pot mm-hmm. um and has people very concerned about the state of crypto. A few days ago, they classified the following cryptocurrencies as securities mm-hmm. in their Binance and Coinbase lawsuit, um, which is Solana, Cardano, Polygon, Filecoin, Sandbox, the Central Land. Uh, Algorithm and Axie Infinity. Um, and then yesterday, um, Robinhood delisted mm-hmm. Solana, mm-hmm. Cardano, and Polygon after yeah. the SEC listed them as securities. Um, so, first off, can we even say like, why, is, why is it significant that SEC listed these coins as securities? Why they just list them as securities and not every cryptocurrency? It's really interesting. Um, I was telling the stock club yesterday. Um, if you you can maybe it's still online. Gary Gensler did a class on cryptocurrency a few years ago. So the theory is that him and Senator Warren are putting like a plan together to destroy. And we talked about this before last year when everybody was calling me conspiracy theorists, but um cryptocurrency is a threat to fiat currency at scale and by listing these as securities the truth now if i'm going to just give the honest answer for the crypto community the truth is most of these coins were kicking the 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 ass of most returns in comparison to the stock market and the bond market and they saw it as a threat and they had to shut it down they said the bitcoin is the only one that won't will not be a security um and as a result Solana fell 22.5%, San fell 20%, Matic fell 24%, um, Cardano fell 23%. But we've been knowing for a while, and I've said it back in 2020, that the government is going to regulate these. That's why I kept saying there's no, no such thing as decentralization, mm. because when you have a primary competitor that is getting better gains, if you look at a 10-year or 15-year horizon of a, a chart, Bitcoin has outperformed everything in comparison. So that one is going to slide, but they don't, I think that just, they didn't want a bunch of cryptocurrencies to have higher valuations and better returns. And as a result, this is a way to shut things down. So when I say there's no such thing as decentralization, there's a couple of things you have to factor into your fundamental research. And I know some people don't like to take when I say it, but if the government is going to look at your project or company or coined as an enemy of the state, and they're telling you openly that they're not going to let it survive, it's going to be really, really um, hard to invest in. Yeah. I, I think that the part of it that 
I mean, the fact that they found it as a security, meaning it's a negotiable financial instrument, um, is that there's no paperwork, right? And so in order to be a security, you have to fill out paperwork, obviously, through the SEC. And so what they're saying is that you're already doing these things without having that paperwork. And so it's an entire process to even do it. Um, it's interesting because when you think about the space, how many of these other quote unquote coins could be classified as such? Majority. <laughs> even even and technically Bitcoin should. And a part that sucks for like Brian Armstrong at Coinbase, which we did the episode of Miami and Terrence J. I told everyone this is gonna happen, and here we are. But I feel bad for Brian in particular, because out of every CEO, he went out of his way to try and comply with the SEC. Tell us which ones to do the list, which ones mm -hmm. do you classify as a security. They never gave him an answer. They just came down with a hard ruling. So this is kind of like if you're in an area where there's no speeding zones and then proactively, like two years later, you get 150 speeding tickets. He's like, there were no signs up before for any rules and regulations. I feel it's unfair, but as we have all this political unrest and uncertainty in the stock market, I think this was a case of like strong lobbying to stop the crypto market at scale from becoming the most dominant force in the financial industry. Yeah. And even, even with all those quote unquote securities and we, you think about Bitcoin over the past seven days, it really hasn't affected it with, with all, all these lawsuits. It, it's, it's actually, I think net positive as we speak is about a quarter of a percent, but you would think that the number one cryptocurrency of all, Right, the grandfather would would be affected by a lawsuit from the SEC, and it really hasn't, which is also interesting. Well, well Bitcoin, right? Well, if they're saying we're going to let this one stay alive, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't go up more. Like I thought that was going to be the push to be like, okay, we're going to crack thirty five thousand, and we're going to see an aggressive. Even when I was going through Twitter, I wasn't even seeing the crypto community being like, hey, let's jump into this uh, heavily. And push the price so it's really interesting i think everyone's waiting to see the, how this kind of plays out but it's really fascinating to see and i've always said it i think it's because the hedge funds are looking to get exposure in their portfolios for their clients to a coin that is trustworthy mm -hmm. so they let that one stay alive and then they burn the rest of them down i think i think it's unfortunate but i mean we told you guys this is gonna happen two years ago yeah it was like let, let's get rid of Let's clean the space before we enter the space. So the first lawsuit was Binance. Yep. And we saw the Binance coin go down. And then now, obviously, uh, Coinbase going down is the next thing. But you're right. It, it, there should be an inverse effect, right? If they didn't list those securities, if Ethereum was not listed, if, coin, uh, if uh, Bitcoin wasn't listed, what's the inverse effect on those two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why I always say invest in the top two. Whether well, you like Ethereum or not. Bitcoin and Ethereum are clearly the top two. If you look at market cap, you can go to coinmarketcap.com, check that out. But investing the top two in the space is one of the easiest, no-brainer ways to invest in the market. But yeah, I thought that they should run a lot more, but they haven't. I mean, we'll talk about tech. Uh, Shadi, you asked a great question about NASDAQ. When that, that'll have a pullback. Maybe we can talk about that later. But I thought Bitcoin would have had a stronger push as a result of this ruling. But I will say, and I will say this, and before it was popular, um, I'm very interested to see what is going to happen with Ripple. I was just going to uh, say that. As a result, and I'll even speak on Cardano real quick. Do I think it'll recover? I think over time. But one sign that I saw that caught me off guard when Charles reached out to the XRP community and said, hey, I want a piece. 
he wanted like a peace treaty now all of a sudden i'm like boy you in trouble because for a long time charles was saying that the xrp army was um a vile community and there was no real use case but now that the sec has put pressure on him now he's reaching out for allies and we can get into what's more important information or relationships like later right but man you have like what Tupac say? Uh, now I got my money right now. I want war. The money wasn't right <laughs> with Cardano like, at the time. Like when the SEC is hounding down on you, now is not the time to make enemies. And the XRP army was not having it when he reached out for the olive branch. So be careful who you go to war with. Um, but yeah, what we knew this was coming as a result. And uh, But I'm re really interested to see what happens with Ripple in the next couple of days when these emails come out. What do you think you happens to these coins that have been listed? Is it all right? You're unregistered now. You go through the process of trying to become registered and kind of debunk the the whole theory of it being decentralized. Yeah, and as a result, I think it's going to be one or two major players that uh, grab one of these after they become registered as a security. And I think one of the big hedge funds will use this as like a, a dark horse for a third option. And they'll start to push one of them. I don't know which one yet. Mm -hmm. I haven't done enough research to see yet. But I'll be really interested to see in 2024, 2025, after there's destruction in this market amongst these coins, one of them will be picked up by a major hedge fund or bank and be heralded as okay. For those to give context, in 2016, at the same time, shout out to JB Dimon and everybody at JP Morgan, at the same time they were saying, we don't believe in Bitcoin, overseas that were buying bitcoin like crazy and then when the crash happened great it was revealed in 2020 that they were currently invested in it the same thing will happen here again it could be solana i'm not sure i'll do my research and then come back in about four weeks and tell you what i think which one it will be so who do you would you think that people should still invest in cryptocurrency that's the question people are going to ask like is crypto still a good viable option yes uh Bitcoin, Ethereum. I still like Cardano. The thing with Charles, too, I'll say, and I th we've seen this with a few of our entrepreneurs, um, Elon Musk, Tesla. Um, I'm trying to think of another. May maybe oh, I can't say that name. I'll just use Elon as an example. I want to give a reveal. Um, <laughs> sometimes the greatest entrepreneurs can get sidetracked with the PR or drama. I think Charles should solely focus on making cardano and, and ada better over the next year and i think they'll they'll have a great push i think solana is still valid in in some cases but every market has volatility issues the stock market is going through the same thing where companies have been de delisted and um that's why indexing is so important but um stop buying at the highs stop buying at too high of a price if you're going to hold the one thing i do really love about the crypto community is like they are going to hold on for dear life. And that's the same thing as holding for a 10 year period, but you have to pick the right two or three to invest in. Um, and you do not want to invest against the ones that the hedge funds are buying. So Bitcoin and Ethereum are clearly the two leaders. Do your research to find what the third one could be for you. Um, I think it is a more volatile space, but it's no more volatile than NASDAQ in 99 and 2000. For the 99 and 2000. Yeah. Money. It comes with a lot of questions. How do I save? Where should I invest? Can I build wealth to pass on? It's hard to know where to get the answers. That's why the people at Fidelity do what they do. They make it easier for you to get information to make better money decisions. 
They've got articles and videos, tips and apps, and insights and perspectives that can make planning, saving, and investing less stressful. And when you want to talk it through, there's a real person on the other end with real answers. Helping people is what they do. And as a part of their $250 million Invest in My Education initiative, Fidelity is supporting eligible students from underserved communities in the Boston, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Raleigh, Durham areas by combining scholarships with ongoing assistance, mentorship, and better paths to post-graduation employment. Want to learn more? Visit fidelity.com slash black wealth. So if you, if you do two indexes, Bitcoin and Ethereum, I don't think anybody is upset. Apple, Microsoft, Bitcoin, and Ethereum, I don't think, it, like investing is really, pick the top two. We really could do the show every 20 minutes, go over the top two, two other news points and be done and you'll be okay. Because even with that, like you said, the drawdown on Bitcoin and Ethereum was not that bad. Right. As a result, they're still up for the year. And yeah, this, does, run. this doesn't feel like, you know, this loss makes it another crypto winter. It, didn't, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. We've been through those. And I know a lot of people want us to touch Fed now. We'll touch that. In, I mean, we've talked about it before. But here's a novel idea that if the government or big banks cannot be involved in it, they are going to find a way to destroy it. That has been happening since the beginning of time. James Pierpont Morgan literally saved the United States from going bankrupt. And then they put out laws so that one person could never save the country again. After he saved the country. That's how the game is played. That's how the game is played. Respect the game. Hit the like button. Yes, and please. Share. Hit the like button. And share. Okay, on to the stock market. The S&P 500 is out of bear market territory. Mm -hmm. Stocks are doing well. I'm going to ask you about NASDAQ as well. Um, is this a sign of economic recovering or is it a pump fake? Should people be <laughs> investing? Should we be optimistic or will we see a, a drastic roller coaster ride happen soon? Um, the economy is not doing well, but the stock market is, and we were talking about it before we started, but, um, the only thing to invest in right now is tech. And mm -hmm. I feel like because they knew that this legislation or litigation was going to come against crypto, all of that money went to AI, which is really a spinoff of crypto. So, cause even if you look at some of the projects that were supposed to be done in crypto, some of them end up moving into tech and the VCs move back and rotated the capital in the tech. Um, but the thing is, that's uh, alarming um, is that the bear market was, uh, we were there for 240 trading days. Um, this is the longest bear market recovery that we have in 1948. Mm -hmm. It's always a good time to invest, especially if you are investing in the top two, but I would not buy here. I do expect a pullback because, I mean, we were talking about it. Tesla's up 123% year to date. It's yes, June. <laughs> so at this yeah. pace, they should be at three hundred percent return by, and that's like that's impossible. Um, so I always say two tech two index. If I made you money, please put yes in chat so everyone else can know that the strategy works. But you have to be very careful. I, I said this on a call yesterday with Stock Club, but in the worst case scenario, if the market does twenty twenty five percent thirty percent. You should have pending orders set there for where to buy the majority of your shares. Um, but the thing about investing in indexes and the top companies, regardless if you go to war, 
geopolitical events, debt crisis, like the market is always going to recover. I'm more concerned about our economy more so than I am the overall stock market. But it is alarming that only 11 or 15 stocks are producing the gains for the overall stock market. That That's an interesting point, right? Because if, I mean, by definition, uh, the S&P has officially come out of a bear market, right? It rose 20% from its low. Yep. If there's only 11 to 12 companies leading that, is it a fair indication of what's happening in the market? I think it's very accurate. I mean, I've said it here endlessly. I think there are only maybe 25 companies worldwide that are doing a great job for the publicly traded market. doesn't mean it's not other great companies out there. I think there are a lot of right. companies doing great work. But in terms of them being a viable investment, even when I look at the Dow 30, like majority of the Dow 30, I wouldn't say it's uninvestable, but it will give me a little bit of heartburn to do so. Um, a quick stat that, that I found interesting, like once stocks are up 20% off those bear lows, um, yeah. the year later, the stocks have never been lower. So we're pretty much pricing in the rest of this year should be okay. And next year, I will have everyone go look at the Benner cycle to see when we'll have a pullback. Um, this usually a one year to 18 month gap and the accuracy of it. But I'm worried if after the election, will we get a strong pullback? I truly believe they just don't want the recession and the collapse to fall on Biden's watch. Now, I'll be real serious. Like, well, Mike Pence, we can get to Trump in an indictment. <laughs> but when they have Mike Pence, because him and Trump fell out, and then you have DeSantis on the side, which if they paired them together, maybe you have a ticket. I don't think they want this to fall while Biden is in office, because that's a guaranteed loss for him. But I do believe after the next election, they're going to start telling the truth about where we are in the economy overall and how a lot of our companies are doing. Because when we start rewriting guidance, and lowering, lowering guidance, that's a telltale sign in itself. Um, even like I love Mark Benioff, but even Salesforce now, they're pushing up a little bit and they're like, well, we've been in the AI space for the last few years. I'm like, why weren't you saying that in 2020 or 2019? Like everyone's adjusting too quickly to AI to get a competitive yeah. advantage in the market to get a boost for short term. No one's thinking long term. So, so, so where are we then, right? If, if, the S&P is out of it is officially out of a bear market. Mm -hmm. Inflation has gone down. Uh, guidance have changed, right? I remember, and we spoke about this, where people were saying that companies weren't going to be able to have the same type of earnings that they were having in 2021. And it earnings of, recession for real. When, right. So like if we see that, um, does this now mean that, and based on what you're saying, the projections for the rest of this year, is this now, Bull territory, right? So there, there will be people who are on the bullish side, and we saw this when we, we went over the charts, where all signs are pointing that this could potentially be in a bull market for the next six to 12 months. I've always said it. The truth about the stock market, the market is rigged, and it is rigged to go up infinitely. Like an index fund would take a all-star team, the analogy that I started using in 2020, and if anything underperforms, they'll cut it or they'll reallocate. So even with Buffett... Buffett is known for preaching diversification to the public, but in private, he's anti-diversification. He said publicly at a shareholders meeting, diversification is a tool for people who do not know what they're doing. He is, you can argue he is over-investing in Apple. Why? 
It's the only company like Jordan that if you go to a GM and walk into his office, you can guarantee a title. There are others that are great, like Tesla. That may be LeBron. Shout out to LeBron and Rich Paul and everybody. I want to, I said it, not me, not, not them. But they're the only company that can give you a guaranteed game and produce alpha year over year, no matter what. Even um, with the, the goggles coming out, it put a lot of pressure on Meta, but even them being in a space will raise is the viability of if 3500 is too much now they're going to send some sales over to yeah to quest pro three um and you know it's tough when like they got zuckerberg on the press run with lex friedman talking about i'm like pr team is doing a great job shout out to everybody at matter like yeah they are well-timed interview it was needed i won't be surprised if we pop up on rogan next week too but i think um the reason um going back to the market being rigged like this has always happened, but the reason why even with VO and VT, VTI have them both, even though there's some overlap, that's for drawdown protection. Like VOO and VTI together are not going to draw down 35%. I don't give a damn what happens. If it does, like America's going to come to an end because they're, they're going to rebalance for you. You don't have to do it. And Apple and Microsoft are, are two of the safest. So I think we are in a like slightly bullish territory, but to be okay. very honest, it's... It's manufactured. It's manufactured. Like, like, like you know, when we see videos, it'd be like, oh, I got 7 million views and nobody's ever talked about the video. We're seeing it in, in media space. Like, how many good people are there in media right now? Not that many. It's not that many. So the games that we were seeing in 2020 and 2021 are gone. But the greatest companies that are have been consistent and their planning and in their business model, they're going to continue to do great, but everyone else is going to suffer. And this is like where we are in 2023 and 2024 is where the economy actually is when we are not pumping money into the market. Yeah, I mean, it's also um, we spoke about this a few times, uh, the presidential cycles and how it affects the stock market and. It's holding true to that right now. It looks yep. it looks like that way where um it usually dips like a second year and around this time is like the best time traditionally for presidential cycles. Um we spoke about this a few times. We had uh the last time that we spoke about it, we had when we were talking about charts, we had the guest on with JC. Uh, yes. Yep. And he went and went over the charts. So that's another thing. If you um if you watch those episodes, then you might have been able to kind of you know already navigate it based off of history. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. to say that it's a one hundred percent guarantee, but there is there is historical data that supports that, and this this is holding true at least so far for this year. Um, so let's talk about one index specifically, ETF. Um, so tech is going crazy right now. QQQ, right, which is the it's a technology ETF that has Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, all of the top um, technology companies. We've talked about QQQ a lot. And that's an indicator of how the NASDAQ is doing, how, how tech is doing. Um, and that's currently at a 52-week high, I believe, at $357, dollars mm-hmm. um, So tech has been riding high. Mm-hmm. But what, what comes up must come down eventually. 
So I think that anybody that's watched Market Mondays at this point, you know that it, that it's going to come down eventually. Yeah. You'll have you have you have better buy points, but the key is to say how long will it go before it comes down. Um, I think it can run up to the highest point probably of three eighty. I'm looking at charts right now. Like it should top out like three seventy two forty four. Three eighty, we probably should hit some resistance. But the truth is like. Yes, it's going to come down. Um, the inverse is, if we're looking at it from a case study perspective, what other sector should a person invest in? And the truth is, the only dominant force that we have in America is our technology sector. There's no other continent or uh, country that has a better technology development system than us. So that is our leader. So I think it'll pull back. If it gets to 380, to definitely pull back. Hopefully, we will have a slow increase. If we have like a precipitous increase in pricing and it goes to 380, it, it'll tumble fast. Um, if we ever slide back to like that 320 area, I would be elated to then get in. Um, but I would not be looking to short. So you QQ. wouldn't be you, you wouldn't be looking to short QQQ right now. No, too early. No. It's too early. It's too early. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the only. If it got to 400 before September, maybe then. But a long-term short on any index is asking for death. It's like Beanie Seagull standing in front of the truck and it crashed into him and broke apart. Like, it's going to break your account if you try. Like, indexes are not meant to be shorted. So if you go to sure. wallmind.com and go, go look at or just go to CNBC or look at look, the institution ownership and you can see the percentage of shorts that are on, like, QQQ, VTI, XLI, it's a mistake to short because you are basically saying I know more than every institution and mm -hmm. my contract is going to outperform all the weight of all the other volume coming in. That's why yeah. I would say go with the predominant direction of the market. And if you look historically all time, no matter how many pullbacks we've we've had, um, even going back to the early 2000s, if you go from 2010 through now, the rise has been incredible and people have been predicting a pullback if i look at 2010 the price of qqq was at 34 dollars. it's now 357 that's 10x mm -hmm. just for holding not that many people have got a 10x return from shorting the best thing to do is hold for a long period of time yeah i mean if you look at the, at the yearly chart you can see it's, it's hit higher highs and higher lows yeah which is important and that you know i mean when we talk about you getting into a spot you want to see it have higher lows and so when it goes up to uh three 325 uh last august and then it pulls back down to 260 yeah all right well there goes your low right and it does it again in december but then in february it creeps back over 315 and now you can see it on a run right so even if it pulls back it's still going to be a higher low than yeah. the 260 if you had gotten it in november right if, if it comes down and you just said that 320 mark if it pulls back to 320 right if you invest in it at the top of the year yeah. you're still at the higher low than when you when you would have um previously so it's one of those things, man. Absolutely. You, you. I mean, sometimes when you, you look at your chart and you look at it from a year span, if you look at it from two year, obviously, if we take the pandemic into into account. There were yeah. higher highs before, but it's in a nice pattern here where it's having higher highs and higher lows as well. The market is made to go up, like whether it's artificially rigged, whether it's quants, whether it's algo stuff. I, I get, but the majority of Major funds, pension funds, um, fund of funds are buying long. Yes, you have some companies or some funds that do long, short strategies in combination. 
But if you are shorting, especially if you're not shorting with options or shorting with features, like the upside is limited. And it's a lot easier just to have money invested into the market long term. It's the same thing when people are like, yo, is it over for LeBron? They've been saying LeBron is going to fall off the wagon for the last 15 years. Like you just have to invest for the long term. Um, and a lot of investing, the principles are really easy, but to do it is hard. Um, yeah, I went short. Like 400, yeah. 380 is where like we can see a strong pullback, but anything other than that, I think would be a, be a mistake. And that's why it's important to pick an index or ETF that you're mm -hmm. going to invest in every month and just uh, constantly put into it. Because the number of shares, I'll go back to the lesson of 2020. You want to get to 100 shares is your first goal, 1,000, and then 10,000. When you get to 10,000, you're printing some real money. Now, I know everyone won't have the means to be able to get 10,000 shares, right? But for those of you that run a business or you're high net worth or you're high income, what is the money that you've lost by sitting on a sideline waiting to see? That's the biggest thing. Like, if there's a great company, some... I've seen many people spend money on clothes, cars, other things, um, even other investment cycles. I get it, but it's really hard to debate over a 10-year or 30-year span a better investment asset class than indexes and the two big companies in tech. Yeah. I mean, if we just talked about the S&P 10 minutes ago and we we're talking about 11 companies leading <laughs> the economy, Yep. You probably got about seven of them inside of that ETF when you have Absolutely. Apple, Microsoft, Nvidia, Tesla, Amazon, uh, Google. I mean, yep. they're all inside this ETF. And so, I mean, it makes sense, right? If you see the economy going on those 11 mm -hmm. and it's pushing it to out of a bear market, I mean, why wouldn't you, you know, take part in that? I mean, so much so even with Tesla, they forced GM and Ford. I mean, I know they're going to announce it as a partnership, but yeah. kudos to Elon. Listen, he got a little bit more focus. He streamlined some things. I know this was, has been in the works like the past like eight months. Now, charge point gets affected. This is the one thing I want you guys to realize. Everyone on earth is your competition. Well, we got this in our DOA. Yeah, we got to hold okay. off on charge point. We got, we got to talk about some things with charge point. <laughs> got you. But I mean, yeah. now to have a partnership with GM and Ford on the EV side for the charging stations, that gives Tesla more power, more mass exposure. Um, so even if you want to say uh, maybe Ford or GM can be second in the EV space, if you've invested in top two, now the top two are now working together. Please put it in chat. Investing is really simple. I just have to hold for a 10-year period. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. The Tesla, first off, hit the like button. Yes, please. And share. Hit the like button and share. So Tesla... Um, they uh, partnered with GM and Ford on charging state stations. Mm -hmm. um, so how will that affect each one of those respected companies and how will that affect the EV spaces? You know, the idea is to make it more um, available mm -hmm. for people to have cars. So, you know, you have just like you have more gas stations. Now you have more EV charging stations. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that have Teslas complain that, you know, the stations are already overcrowded. Um so this is more infrastructure to be placed for, you know, the EV wave of cars that are coming down the pipeline. So what's what's this mean for the industry? Um, it gives it more validity. Uh, of course, we talked, I think, in 2020 or top of 2021, the Tesla's pushing to do a partnership with the government. So partnering with GM and Ford because Ford doesn't want to have to develop 
uh, all of these charging stations, which is smart to take that off the balance sheet mm-hmm. or capital expenditures. Tesla is clearly the leader in the space. They're going to be the greatest beneficiary of it. But also for GM and Ford, GM in particular, um, it makes them look a little bit more innovative. I don't think it will bump the stock up that much, but it is a good partnership and very smart to not put capital towards a technology or a resource that you're not dominant at. So um, I think this is going to have a great bump for Tesla, but also on the investment side, definitely gives a lot of validity, validity gives a lot of great news off of the bad cycle of news that Elon was having all last year and with all the Twitter debates and some of the debacles he was going through. Um, normally the, the, whoever is leading the space keeps that space for the longest period of time, looking at the, the numbers, the profit margin on Tesla is 23.1%. The net profit margin is 13%. Return on equity is 28.7%. I think it's a good partnership. Um, I think it makes the space a lot wider. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about live and PGA, but like as well later. But I think it's in times of recession or economic crunches, you see a lot more mergers and partnerships in play because you need to find more ways to generate revenue. Um, but overall, this is a win for Tesla. GM will be the second beneficiary. Ford needs another CEO. So they were kind of forced into this, but um, I'm not mad at it on their end for doing it. But Tesla clearly is the, the biggest winner out of this. Yeah, I think it's a big win for the space, big win for Tesla. Um, I think what's interesting here is that everybody has seen what's on the forefront for 2035. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're trying to go to zero gas emissions and rather than putting more uh, revenue or more expenditures on the books for GM and Ford, let's find somebody who has something that's working and let's yep. figure out how to partner with them rather than add into our debt. I think it also opens the door for more partnerships, right? So it starts as a charging station, but what's the next partnership that they can <laughs> now do, right? If Tesla's battery is superior to everybody's, who's to say that we don't need to partner on that and we don't have to add any more uh expenditures on our books so it opens the door for that i think it makes tesla even more dominant in the space but again it's kind of one of those things when we're talking about how do you become more dominant all right let's lower the prices all right well if we lower the prices more people can now afford it well if we have the ford station if we have the 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 stations to charge now people who have other vehicles now can rely on us as well oh wait more people are making vehicles perhaps and i'm just saying perhaps we can make the batteries for the cars so that they don't have to anymore um, so I think huge, huge win for Tesla, which is why we saw the stock, you know, shoot up. And I know a lot of people are investing in Tesla had a, had a great week last week. Mm-hmm. I, I think it continues. I think it continues because it does open the door for other avenues of, uh, partnerships down the road. Well played by Tesla. Um, I know they're calling it a partnership, but this feels more like a, a takeover, a forced takeover. <laughs> so breaks over. Cartel, cool, and uh, focus. Elon is a dangerous Elon. I will say that. Um, it's at two forty-eight right now. If if he can stay focused and add a couple more pe- people to that C suite, uh, Tesla should be at three hundred by like February of next year. Um, fundamentals could be a little bit better, but I do like the margins on it. Um. And they have really no competition in this space. Yeah. At all. Bad, bad, right? So we said it's great for those in, in that market. What it, it does hurt is the people who are independently doing these things. And we'll talk about a few. But yes. anybody that's doing independent charging savings, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. 
it's going to be tough. I mean, when when you have a juggernaut that comes into the space, uh, and now they partner with the number two and three motor companies, mm-hmm. it becomes more difficult. Motorsport, put the thing in sport. <laughs> hey, Charter, listen. I'm now. I'm gonna get salacious. Listen, if you are not the leader and innovator in your space, you're gonna get killed. I keep telling y'all, if Cardi and The Rock get together, and she learned futures with Drake. And they do state gambling and trading. I'm a text Trevor shot like, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't even know the counter. I've been thinking of it ever since I said it. You have to plan for disaster before disaster shows up at your doorstep. Everyone last year was like, "Yo, Ford and GM are going to find a way to carve out an edge." And now you have to partner. But like you said, if they become the supply chain for Ford and GM, that gives Tesla. Way a way bigger market cap and way way more market share, and most people want a Tesla. You have to innovate, or your brand or company is going to die. So let's talk about this. I put a post up yesterday, got a lot of traction. Um, five top five investments over the next decade, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, this is the list that this is Earn Your Leisure's list. Mm-hmm. Um, at number five, real estate residential homes and land not commercial because we understand and i'll go through each one of these we understand that we are in a commercial real estate i don't want to say collapse but we're in a commercial real estate correction correction yes well, not even just a correction because corrections things go back up we don't we're uncertainty Okay. There's a variety. There's a lot of uncertainty for the future of commercial real estate. It may never fully rebound. When you look at malls, when you look at office space, when you look at a variety of different oh, commercial right. properties, um, commercial, later. commercial real estate is uh, in a very weird place right now. But one thing that has been consistent is that um, there are more people on earth never before and there will be more people on earth in the next 10 years than ever before so what that leads to is housing there's always going to be a need for housing especially as population growth grows especially as inflation grows and especially as incomes remain stagnant and especially as more and more home prices go up and mm-hmm. people lose jobs. A variety of different reasons why people will be renting. I mean, even going to the other post when it's like five twenty State Street is a million dollars. I was like, no, 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 an apartment, just an apartment, one apartment, no. <laughs> not the building. Yeah, one apartment, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand square, square feet. feet. <laughs> yes, five sixty State. Y'all, y'all can quit asking when I'm moving to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. Yeah, I mean, one of my friends. One of one of my friends lives in a in, in a really nice building in, in Midtown. Um one one bedroom, two bathrooms. I assume it's like a, a big bath and then like a little small guest bathroom. Yeah. About a, about probably a thousand square feet. It's a really nice building though in Midtown. Um how do you how much do you think he's paying the rent for that? Probably seven grand a month. Seven? Ten thousand dollars a month. Say, that's on the low end. <laughs> ten 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 thousand dollars a month. And I don't I don't think that includes parking. So, um, I mean, you're always going to need somewhere to live. They try to give me that little sky building too. Mellow hoop here. I, I want to go. <laughs> no, oh, God, I, yo, this is a vibe, but. I knew somebody in the sky building. That's a fact. 
Um, so yeah, so ten ten thousand dollars a month in rent for that. So I, I say that to say I think um residential real estate will always and then of course land. Land, I think that, that doesn't really need an explanation. Um, as there's a demand for real estate, there's also there's, land is there's a shortage of land because they're not making any more land unless you go to the middle east and they actually are making land. But <laughs> yeah. outside of that for the most part as people as more people consume the earth um the land on the earth becomes even more valuable and who owns the land becomes even more wealthier so yeah um, emerging markets is number four yeah. specifically africa yeah. and india i don't know if you can call the Middle East and emerging market is pretty much already emerged, but there's still a lot more room for growth. Growth, yeah. Um, so I don't think all of Asia. The reason why I said Africa is because I think the majority of Africa has a lot of potential. Um, and we'll talk about China and Ghana in a little bit. Yeah. But um, a lot of growth as far as every business opportunity possible. Um, population growth, the biggest in the world. Mm-hmm. All of the stuff that we've been talking about that for a very long period of time in India will surpass China um, yep. soon yep. as the number like one this, yeah. country in the world as far as population is concerned. China's population is actually going down. Yep. India's population is going up. Going up um, so many different companies are, you know, focusing their, their attention on India. Yeah. And then, like I said, of course, of course, the Middle East, they have led in innovation over the last 15, 20 years. And um, they are moving at a very fast pace when you look at Saudi Arabia. We'll talk about the live golf thing. But, yeah. um, you know, they're really reinventing their, their whole economy because they understand that oil is going to run out. And they're, and they're reinventing their public perception and their look also. <laughs> the time has come, ladies and gentlemen. Invest Fest, that's right. That's right. Invest Fest 2023 is here. August 25th, 26th, and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. We are taking it to a new level. Bigger than ever. This year, we're going to do 20,000 people in Atlanta, Georgia. I want you to do yourself a favor. Head over to investfest.com right now. We will have activations from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days, musical performances, billionaires. Everything is gonna be a completely life-changing experience. Vendor Marketplace, Food Truck Village, you know how we do. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over now. Well played. Yeah, yeah that's why when you said innovation, I'm thinking exactly what you were just saying in terms of the look, from an infrastructure standpoint, from a global persona, in, in a sense, they yeah they're leading. Number three, so, but oh. before you get to number three for the audience, when you say top five investments, do you mean publicly traded companies or public and private? Public and private. Okay. Public and private. So for the emerging markets per se, right? Maybe not so much on a publicly traded company side, but um. When you look at investing, so when you we'll talk about, so when you look at like real estate, for instance, yeah. right, you can buy real estate in different parts. We have we have a, a conversation with Denise the broker about um yeah. about yeah. buying. She's selling real estate in Dubai, yes, but um you know real estate in Africa, and then you know bringing talents, becoming entrepreneurs. So this is a variety of different things where it's not necessarily just investing in public companies, but just overall investing. Gotcha. Overall, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. healthcare. Obviously, everybody understands how important healthcare is, or you should. Yep. Um, but to kind of break it a little bit more specifically, biotech is something that we've talked about before, and um, you know, is something that I think over the next decade will play a major part in the health industry. Technology mixed with biology is biotech. 
Um, and I think that, you know, it will be a lot of advancement in the biotech space, uh, pharmaceuticals. I mean, this goes back to the publicly traded company conversation. We yep. talked about Eli Lilly. We talked about, you know, Johnson & Johnson, different things of that nature. So, yeah. Um, and then healthcare technology, which is kind of in line with biotech as well, but could be a little bit different as well. Um, I think the blockchain is going to play a major part in healthcare. Some comments killing you, huh? About what? It was like, why aren't y'all mentioning crypto and, and blockchain? Oh, well, well, yeah, crypto, that's, that's, you know, well, that's why it's always, I don't, this is just a, a, a list. A you list. can add, some people might agree with some things, some people might want to put another thing, you know, crypto is definitely something that definitely has to be considered to be on a list like this, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it's a lot of uncertainty around crypto right now. And for sure. 10 years might not even be enough time before it really, really it you know, does, hits It does invite the, the open conversation that have people have critical thinking to say, oh, that is also a viable option. For sure. Oh, I appreciate that. For sure. Green energy. <laughs> solar, <laughs> Bro, wind. You're good, man. <laughs> solar, wind, and electric. We talked about EVs. This goes back to publicly traded companies as well. Um, even in the Middle East, they are planning for a life without oil. I believe by in like 10 years, yeah. all cars in the UAE will have to be electric cars. Um, they already have that mandate in California. New York has that mandate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is why going back to the EV charging station, all of this stuff is, it's all connected in a, in a web. I watched Spider-Man this weekend. Spider-Man um, was good. The one? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and Solid. It's all right. Um, yeah. it, it ended pretty interesting. I didn't see it yet. I didn't see it yet. So it's all connected in a web. Like the Spider-Man thing, one of the things that I got from the movie was like, if you mess up one thing, you're going to mess up the whole entire web. It's yeah, all connected. So all of this stuff that, we, that we're saying at Market Mondays, where we're talking about Apple, we're talking about AI, whether we're talking about Microsoft, we're talking about Tesla, we're talking about, you know, Matt coming to talk about multifamily home investing, mm-hmm. or we're talking about land, or we're China. talking about entrepreneurship, or we're talking about Africa, and we're talking about media space all of this stuff is connected it's, it's all a web and you got to kind of figure it out how to all pull it together um and then the last one well number one technology which is pretty obvious mm-hmm. but to, the, the main two i think artificial intelligence we've talked about that before i use chat gbt every single day i was actually just showing some friends of mine chat gbt yesterday a lot of people still haven't even heard of chat gbt um so i was showing everybody that i showed you see chat why GBT, i replaced the eight people in it yeah, so I, I, that's something that I feel like um, that's not a, it's not a bubble or a fad because it, with the way that it, the how useful it is 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 one of the most useful things ever created, and um, so artificial intelligence obviously from a variety of different standpoints, whether it's machines, self-driving cars, Chat GBT, you name it, AI is going to play a major part, and um, cybersecurity obviously we've talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. CrowdStrike and different things of that nature. Um, going back to the publicly traded company conversation. So those are yeah. Yeah, there, there was this guy in our comments. He's always in our comments. His name is um the master investor. He had quantum computers as in his number two. Yeah. So talk about your can, talk, can, talk, talk talk about talk about your your, your can, thoughts. Can you expound upon <laughs> that? Talk about sir. your thoughts on the next on the next Wait, decade. Yes, and then I, I got a question for you. Go ahead. You want to ask your question now? Well, I know you put nanobot technology, mm-hmm. and so when nanobiotechnology we just covered Neuralink, and we, we we saw that what that can is that where you were going when you were saying that no no with nanobiotechnology i'm looking at it more for like uh in surgeries to not cure but to like uh for heart disease 
coronary coronary attacks, um, strokes. Like I think if they already have been working on it, but I would love to see because I'm looking at okay, AI is here, and mm -hmm. as an investor, you always want to find a new technology that you can bring to the front. Same thing, you want like an innovator's thesis on the next thing. So I'm looking Google, Apple, Microsoft, Lily. If they can say we can extend your life, because people don't trust Neuralink and Elon, but Elon is making a market for this kind of technology to be embedded into us, where we, you know, like are like superhuman, if you will. If Eli Lilly came out and said at scale, we now can have a surgery that clears out 50% of arterial blockages or mm -hmm. That would change the game because people don't always want to go the prescription medicine route. And if it's a, it has to be a trusted brand. That's why I keep leaning, leaning on Lily. But I think whoever is the first company, and maybe it's a startup that gets a lot of funding from Sequoia. But I think of a lot of the diseases that we face in Western civilization and Western countries, um, that would be a game changer in healthcare. So that will like shoot them past most pharma companies and most biotech companies. Number two, quantum computing, that I think that's going to be the next big race in the next 10 years. Like whoever gets that down and is able to do quantum computing at scale for enterprise and users um, on a personal side will be a game changer. Then, of course, like tech is always going to be, be the number one. But the nanobot technology, when I'm looking for like a real use case game changer, not artificial gains, not artificial hype, uh, money being pumped into a sector. I think that can have a huge impact on the overall market cap. But I'm, more importantly, I think nanobot technology can have a huge impact on America's GDP. If we're looking at America as a startup outside of Tesla, we haven't had anything great in like 12 or 13 years. Even if you look at where Bitcoin was, who was supposedly founded by, it is not an American cre creation. So if I'm just comparing it, America as a startup, what have we created? Like Apple is what forty something years old. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that, um, and then also, like a lot of people was like, "What company should we invest in?" Well, part of it is is up to you guys to do the research. But Apple, like, or Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just in general, like, let's go back to this Chat GBT conversation. So, it's like I feel, you know. It's like when Google first came out, right? Like everybody wasn't using Google, but mm -hmm. if you used Google, you understood how revolutionary the technology was. And like this is this is gonna be big. This is something that's gonna change the world, and this is gonna be big, right? Um, that's how I feel about like AI chat GBT specifically. Like, I feel like it's only gonna get better, it's only gonna be more improvements. Like, and like I said, a lot of people still have never even used it. Most most people have never used it, and a lot of people have never even heard of it. So this is something that's gonna be big. Um and yeah, obviously Microsoft on that on that side of things, but just a lot of the different tech companies that are going to be implementing this type of technology. Um, I feel that like Google will be implementing technology. Um, I felt obviously Apple, mm -hmm. um, Microsoft, um, Nvidia. We talked about the chip the chip companies. That's you know a no brainer. Um, there's so many different. So even if you obviously you should you know. 
if you don't even want to invest in any one company, like it probably would be at least at least a good idea to invest in the index, the yeah. QQQ or a technology index where you understand like yeah, this is yeah. something that's going to change the world. And it's not a fad and is is going to have many different phases, but this is only going to push the technology even even forward. So at the very least, like, you know, it probably would be a good idea to invest in a QQQ or another tech index that has all of these different tech companies that are making these type of, you know, products in it and Tesla and all these companies, like that would probably be beneficial. And I know people often say, okay, I'm tired of hearing Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, NVIDIA. Great. And you had a lucky call with NVIDIA. What's the next one? The next one are these. Yeah. Even when people keep saying Apple is not innovative, there's a huge difference between development of an idea versus innovation. Apple has acquired a hundred AI companies and didn't say shit about it. That's where I was going, Ian. That's exactly like, where I was going. Like, like th- go ahead. Th- th- it's it's important what you're saying, right? Because most people are saying like Apple, Apple, Dell invented. No. Well, Apple has an operating cash flow over $93 billion. So even if they don't create it... You get mad and go buy Tesla. They can go buy the company that does. And so, yeah, by default, you invest in Apple because they have the operating cash flow. But that's something that people should look at. Like, if you're looking about companies, which companies have enough operating cash flow to go out and make acquisitions? That's important, right? Because... Somebody right now, the, the, the way we're talking about AI and we're talking about especially the, the, the nanorobots, and that's what I was thinking about when I was saying uh, the Neuralink was the first time yeah. there was going to be technology inside of the body that can change something um, from the inside out. But somebody's creating that right now. Yep. That's happening right now. Right now, whether we know it, or not, it's happening. The fact is like they might not have the capital to make it large scale or have it wide uh, spread uh, use. Right. So that's when a company that has operating cash flow comes in and looks at it and says, wait, from a mergers and acquisitions point, can we add this to our portfolio to help mm-hmm. growth? Yes. There's a bunch of companies. There's a few companies, not a bunch. There are a few companies that the surplus of operating cash flow is so large that they may just have to do it because yeah. what else are they going to do? Yeah. Because the only space that Apple can really infiltrate to continuously have these kind of gains over the next 30 years is healthcare. And I think there's going to be a mass migration, maybe in 20 or 30 years, for people leaving Western civilization and going towards East because of the food quality things that we talked about before. Um, and if you don't think that Apple is looking at the health data, seeing that in just a few years that half of all Americans are going to be obese and going to say, well, okay, we have the data, but we have to have a way to actually fix this. Whether it's through partnership, I don't think Apple will ever have like an Apple hospital or any other goofy shit like that. But they will have their foot in the healthcare space significantly because if you look at our GDP, unfortunately, America makes a lot of money off people being sick. Mm -hmm. So there's more money in the preventative care. But if they get into the space and are able to extend life while giving you a better quality of life, what they just dominate on like the personal computing side. So even when I was doing a, when everyone says that this can't happen, when BlackBerry was the most dominant force on earth, everyone was laughing at Apple the same way and saying, you think that you're going to take enterprise over, which was no easy task. Most people in healthcare are like, there's no way Apple gets into healthcare and in 15 years takes over. 
It's like if Apple and Stryker and they they partner and buy up all the charting system companies and make that more efficient with a better user interface. And you you are now able to extend life for a patient even three to five or six years and give better quality of life. Who is going to stop them? Neo? No. No. And this is the amazing part on the monopoly side, too. People love Apple so much that even if they formed a monopoly, there would be no revolt against it. Most times when monopolies are happening, it is the people and the users that push back. Like the users didn't like Microsoft having everything caged in. Apple has done business so well across their partnerships and with the ecosystem that they built that almost nobody would care. It's only two spaces to invest in really like for the long term. But I do think there are going to be a lot of opportunities in other countries. That's why I went to Mexico. Can't wait to go back. So we leave London and to be these wedding. Um, but tech and healthcare are the two players that you need to be in and hold your money in for yeah. the long term. And healthcare is one of those spaces where innovation is needed so that uh, the entire space can be more efficient. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you even think about the process of going to the doctor or when you go into the hospital and them trying to find your records and all these things could That's be done. antiquated. It, it could be done so more efficient. Um, and so innovation is going to change that. And mm -hmm. again, Apple already has the data. It's just about now how do we make this uh, a, a wide scale thing that becomes more efficient for for everyone? Yep. Yep. Well, the disruptor award. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, talking about Africa, let's talk about Ghana. We are headed to Ghana in December. Get on yes. the waiting list. We'll be announcing information soon. So, um, Ghana may lose control of its resources to China if it defaults on its debt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Ghana's reliance on Chinese loans for large scale projects has put the government at risk of losing future energy sales and a portion of earnings from minimal mineral mm -hmm. resources. Um, China is the largest bilateral lender in the world and pays a significant role in debt talks with developing countries, including Ghana. Ghana's external debt portfolio has exceeded $30 billion, mm -hmm. leading to an economic crisis and highlighting the consequences of years of unchecked borrowing. So, yeah. China has implemented a policy over the last decade or so, even more, to loan countries money for infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So if you want to build a bridge mm -hmm. or a road or an airport, whether you're Jamaica, whether you're the Congo or Ghana, they have come with loans. Mm -hmm. Um long-term loans i'm about to get spicy and <laughs> obviously if those loans aren't paid back thank you sir then there's going to be consequences for those loans so what this is saying is that ghana may be in trouble of not being able to pay back the loan some of the loans by design as a, as a result they will lose some of their mineral resources and other things is obviously like, all right, if you don't have the money to pay me, if you have cocoa, I believe Ghana has cocoa, right? All right, we'll take we'll take a hundred cocoa plants. I'm just like not that's collateral. Plants, and like, yeah. you know, 
plants as far as like where they develop cocoa. I'm just using this as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and and if you don't pay it back in ten years, then we own a thousand acres of cocoa <laughs> um, plantations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are, you know, have been saying this for a while about China. Um, so yeah, what's the thought? My mother always told me um, it ain't no fun when a rabbit got the gun. And the book everyone needs to go read is uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. China is doing to Ghana what the United States of America historically has done to everyone else. So if I come into your community, loan you money at high interest rate, which you would never be able to pay back. And as a result, you, you have to put up your collateral in order to pay that off. That is a soft way of waging a war. Meanwhile, in tandem, they're trying to figure out a way to take over Taiwan and get what is back, what they feel is rightfully theirs. I keep saying China is our biggest threat and they will play the long game. Um, when you look at the infiltration of, of China and what they're doing to Africa, it's really scary. I won't say my friend's name because I'm sure she wants to keep this private. But she was like, I personally know of people that are flying Chinese pregnant women to Africa to have birth so that they are citizens of there and they're being paid to do so. Like this is the biggest systemic threat that we have as a nation is the debt that we owe to China and how they are waging war against us economically. This World War III that is being proposed, that could happen, like you said before. It's not going to be bombs and shootouts in the middle of the street is going to be a combination of a technological war, media war, psychological, and also debt of these countries. It is very scary. I don't know what the answer is to fix it, mm-hmm. but the book that is a precursor to this is one of the, my favorite books I've ever read is Confessions of Economic Hitman. So if they're doing that in Ghana and they're taking over, and this is why it's important for us, like you said, to invest there. Because if we don't, they will at scale. And by the time we get there and want to repatriate and do the knives and belly and end up going, they're going to own all Africa. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't have the answer to this, but they are playing war games at the highest level. And we have to do something to stop this before it's too late. So Ghana is on the clock now. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the year, Zambia was on the clock and they owed $17 billion, uh, And they defaulted on it. Yep. And so Gambia's number one uh, export is copper. And so you, you take that into account, and now they take over that resource from that country. You take Ghana and you take their resources. You you, you can see the pattern that's going on here. And if they so, go get those lithium mines. Right. So then the, the answer is, what, what what is the solution? We don't know what the solution is right now. I, I know that the you know our Treasury Secretary took a tour to Africa to have a conversation about this. Where, where does the conversation go? Now that the United States is involved in Zambia and Chinese uh, dealings, there has to be some type of agreement that comes from it. We don't we don't know what that's going to be, but you can see, I think they're calling it the, the Common Framework Program and they're doing it throughout Africa, which is, I mean, hmm. it's important to bring knowledge to us so that people are aware of it. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, what do you do when you owe 17 billion? Gotta give up the resources. I, I'll say too, on a political landscape, um, one of the biggest injustices I think of the last 30 years is all the fighting from the left and the right. That political gesturing 
And like, okay, I said it before, but when we started selling our toll roads and a lot of our waterways, it's like, the, like, how could you finance that to an enemy? And at the time, China wasn't looked at as an enemy, but I think that's the bad part about looking at like short-term gains. I'm sure cash flow was great when they did those deals, but at what cost did it hurt America? Then we sent all of our jobs to China, outsourcing to India, and now we built these economies up and now they're partnering together. We're tied in with the Saudi and live deal later as well. Um, and Putin's been quiet these last couple months. Who knows what they're up to? But like this war is being played out differently. And I don't see how we can win. But I think the left and right at some point are going to have to come together for the betterment of the United States, because if not, it's going to lead to utter collapse. Like our debt is too damn high. We have very little innovation. Education is not as good as it should be. And we're losing our competitive advantage. So if the left and the right do not figure this out, and also media is to blame too. Media is to blame too for this as well. We have to get our shit in order really quickly before we end up losing this race. Yeah. I mean, think about that, what that looks like when it's 17 countries. I know Africa has, I believe, 54 or 55 countries. But that's just two or three. You, you, you do that. Yeah. But this is this is like this is chess now. Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, China has a terrible human rights record. Uh, so do we. I didn't say we didn't. I'm just saying China has a terrible. <laughs> Come on, let's spice it. They say we've been getting along too well this year. Let's spice it up. Let's act like we manage each other. Come on, we play into it. You guys have a toxic relationship. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So how do you China, deal with the end, Rashad? China, China definitely. I don't think has um good intentions. I mean, they have the intentions for their country. You know, they have the best intentions for their country. So yep. you know, um, there's it's there's a lot to it's, it's like new age imperialism. The friendly way, yeah. Um, it's like you know, friendly, friendly imperialism, where you're not actually forcing people to do what you want by putting a gun to their head, mm -hmm. but you know, you kind of putting them in compromising positions. Mm -hmm. Where there's a golden rule in life. Tell us what it is. Can we get the angle? <laughs> Hold on, let me see. This, let me see if it's queued up. No, that's me. There we go. There we you go. What's the golden rule, Rashad? You, you shouldn't borrow money if you know you can't pay it back. And you shouldn't loan somebody money if you know that they can't pay you back. You're both wrong. You're both wrong. Because you know if somebody's not in a position to pay you back, you shouldn't loan the money. And you know if you're not in a position to pay somebody back, you shouldn't accept the money. The problem is that when things are done with bad intentions, then you know a lot of people suffer. So a lot of these countries have corrupt leadership. And they're taking just money because they're like, all right, well, we're just thinking short term. We need something done or we need to just, you know, put money in our pocket in our Swiss bank accounts. So we worry about the consequences later on. China knows that, you know, it's a very high probability that these loans are not going to be paid back. Well, why would they loan the money? Let's just be honest. Right. Yeah. So they're looking at it from a standpoint like I hope that they don't pay me back because the money. What is the money really worth? The resources are worth more than anything anyway. Absolutely. So now. Both sides go into the situation. Um, were not the best intentions, and you see what the result what the result is. So, be be mindful of that. I think that that's something that's extremely important because, um, you know, when you when you loan somebody money, that's like a loan shark. 
loan sharks, they don't really want you to pay the money back. They know you can't pay it back, right? And it's like, all right, you don't pay it back. Now I'm going to take this instead. Like, that's not really ethical as far as loaning somebody money. And um, it's not ethical to take money when you kind of know in your heart of hearts that it's going to be a very low chance that you can pay it back. Friendly imperialism. Like that. In the nice yeah. term. But once again, term. it is a strategy that they learned from us. Very care. You have to be very careful in building up a rival or enemy because when they start using the same tactics on you, and I can also argue why wasn't America there to help Africa? We drain all, all the technology that's been built come from the resources from over there. Well, because it's, it's you know, people only do things that's in their best interest. Yep. So, you know, it's, um, it's one of these things. Europe Europe carved up Africa and took all of its resources and everybody benefited from it, the whole entire world, except for Africa. Yep. And that wasn't sustainable, but they still have the vast, they still have control of a variety of different things. Europeans do. So like even in South Africa, it's like, all right, well, you could have a black president, but 80% of the wealth is still controlled by white people mm -hmm. and they make up 10% of the population. So, you know, this, this goes into a variety of different things where you need, the 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 beers, their um, refined diamonds out of Israel, mm -hmm. and they have to they have to take they they have control of the diamond mines, so it, it it never the power structure never really changed. It's one of these things where like you know political power, but who who controls the politicians? Mm -hmm. That's another thing. It's like you know you can just set up a coup whenever you want if you don't want the that particular party to win, you can kind of, you know, dangle money over somebody's head with the IMF. Yep. Um, and, you know, put them under political and, and financial pressure. And it's not an easy situation too. It's not an easy situation for African leaders mm -hmm. because it's like, all right, I'm a leader of a country with 50 million people. Um, I don't have money. It's not that easy to just do international trade. Somebody's offering me, $10 billion loan to get back on the feed and, and, and help us out. You know, it's, it's, they put, they put, they put these people in a, in a, in a very mm -hmm. dire situation. It's like people in America, like, you know what I mean? You put people in it, you put people in their backs against the wall. They're going, they're going to do things that they got to do for survival. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a very complicated situation. And then it's like, all right, if you, if you don't take international funds and you try to be self-reliant, then what? We, we saw what happened, a variety of different people that tried that strategy. Mm -hmm. They're no longer living. Yeah. So very complicated situation. But um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge issue. Um, and so it's interesting. Wall Street Journal wrote an article about it. Now the IMF uh, and the World Bank are involved. And it's saying like the United States and China have to figure out a way to work out the differences to help this problem. Because it's not it's not just going to be an African continent issue. It's going to be any country that has a poor GDP. It'll it'll happen to all of them. And that's what Turners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right. We're creating a new educational experience that's more expansive. Charlie, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, 
real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. China has strategically put themselves all over yeah, America. They've they yeah, so they blown money to America. So they've, exactly. they've, they've played the World Bank, literally, mm -hmm. yeah. um, for years. And now it's time to collect. And they just collecting here, collecting there, collecting there. Take this, take and that. And like I said, um, you know, China has a terrible human rights record. And it's a communist country. So we can't expect them to have an upstanding moral compass, leadership. Not to say that every Chinese person is a bad person. But leadership is um, has had a, a terrible record. So if if history has any indication of what will continue to happen in the future, um, this is going to be a problem. You don't agree with that, Ian? <laughs> well, with what part? <laughs> is it going to be a problem, Ian? Um. Yes, it would definitely will be a problem. That part yeah. I do agree with. Yes, I think we so all can agree with that. Part, don't, what part don't you agree with? It's not a disagreeance. I just want to give a comparison. Is Xi Jinping any less evil than the wars waged in the Middle East and the the war on terrorism that was a farce and a lie? Now, listen. I, I always said if I was George W. Bush. As Saddam tried to kill my father, I'm going to get Saddam ass too. I'm not mad at that part. But we were in a 20-year war over some misinformation. That's a fact. And sure. we've done other things. See how I cleaned it up. And also, <laughs> if we have loaned out money to other countries and we have overtaken their waterways and their countries and caused political division, well, we've ruined certain... Um, other parts of the country and then left civil unrest there. How is it any different? I think the part that sucks is that they are doing to us what we have done to other countries for centuries. And it doesn't feel good when it is directed back at us. That's what my mother is always like, yo, just do to whatever you want somebody to do to you, do to them. That's where the whole rabbit has a gun analogy comes from. Um, and we, as a country, have lost our way because a lot of people were paid off to make us lose our way. We can talk about Target, Anheuser-Busch, and all the geopolitical stuff as well if we want to. But I think every country is troubled, but I think most of our principles have gone away. We be, we sold our country away long ago. But I, I think the, the leadership, like, the difference is, and I'll go back to power. Ghost and Caden were the same person. It just depends on whose camp you were in. They were both equally as evil. Ghosts just look better in a suit. But who sent who up the river first? So if Kanan come back for his revenge after he tried to burn him up in the building, is Kanan wrong or is Jamie wrong for trying to set the boy on fire? Well, two, two wrongs don't make a right. So, um, yeah, of course, America has a terrible um, historical record. I don't think anybody would debate that. Um, but what China is doing right now, especially in 
countries of black people. Yeah, I don't like it. I want to be clear on that. I don't like yeah, it. That's America. That's yeah, it's not. It doesn't. I don't think it justifies just because America. Has done no, I agree. But but I do think China is doing this to take us over. I've always right. said if they can get Russia, Africa, which they have mm-hmm. huge influx in Mexico. If we can get all these countries to team up against us, who are our allies? What is it's tough. It's a tough proposition, right? But if you could, what would be a solution? Or what would be something that could hinder the issue? What what could hinder what what's the solution is a, a united Africa. Self-reliance is the only solution. Okay. A united Africa maybe even one currency, free trade amongst countries. And that's what Colonel um, Gaddafi tried to do. Yep. Self-reliance. That was his, that was one of his, I'm not saying like he was a great person or nothing like that, but it's a historical fact that that was one of the things that he actually was trying to push through um, the African union. And he was, he wasn't even from, he was from, the, the north side of Africa, where a lot of those countries have never really tried to have great relations with the south. He was a person that actually always identified as African and mm-hmm. water African pendant af- everywhere that he went. Um, and didn't, um, they didn't owe the I- them IMF any money. And mm-hmm. they were a pretty self-reliant country. Every person got $5,000 when they got married and they didn't owe any debt and gas was like a penny and Different things of that nature. Obviously, every country has issues, but I'm just saying that that's yeah. that was that was a strategy that actually has has been proposed. So, I don't think that there's anything that that's, that can. I don't think any other solution. America is not the solution. No. Europe is not the solution. Obviously, China is not the solution. I yeah. feel like for Africa, the only solution that they have is internal. They have to they have to find a way to to, to you know really, um, you know, figure out how to work with each other better. How to really maximize on their on their resources how to um, be more self-reliant and stop relying on outside, still rely on. Yeah. We, went to Ni- we went to Nigeria, 30, 40% of ho- hospitality is owned by the Lebanese. Mm-hmm. True. So yeah. we went to a club and, and, and the owners of the club are from Lebanon. Yeah. The, the big point that's it's really... Just, I, it's just the word self, right? It's because self means individual. I think a unified Africa... I mean, right. self, when I say self-reliance, you just I'm talking about as a collective. As a, as a collective. As a collective, yeah. right. So, I, so then the solution would be a unified Africa. Yeah. That's what but I, the that's truth what I, is yeah. economic freedom is an act of terrorism. Even the United States of America, capitalism is based off of only a certain amount of people are going to be allowed to have a certain amount of money. And you need a certain amount of people to be in poverty in order for that system to not collapse. That's why they'll never level the playing field in terms of like, economic viability they can every politician will dance around it but capitalism only works if a certain percentage of people are not winning Mm -hmm. it sucks so i agree but but man if africa found a way to do that they would raise hell they'll they'll burn the, the globe to the ground and go to mars before they let that happen but what are your thoughts? Please put it in chat. Live comment. I'll let you know what I think. Let me let me get my computer. But get your tickets to Invest Fest. Yes, please. please. <laughs> maybe Ro- yes. I don't know, but maybe Steve Stout or Robert Smith would have the answer for Africa's unification. Or a answer. Yes. Maybe not the answer, but a answer. Yes. Or, or maybe we'll have an African panel. 
Yeah. That would be incredible. You know, we'll also be in Ghana. Maybe a discussion we can have. Get your ticket. Um, okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the question of the week. Can you tell us the connection between I'm the interested. Apple deal, Messi, Lionel Messi, the, the great football player, yes. um, MLS streaming rights, the World Cup mm-hmm. 2026, and Apple's Vision Pro. That's a variety of different things happening yeah. simultaneously. For, yeah. When you say Apple deal, Ian, you mean which? Which Apple deal? Um, the, the deal, how Messi structured his deal with Inter Miami. Now, if it was gotcha. me... Gotcha, I may gotcha. have taken a 1.3 and going to Dubai. But <laughs> yo, Saudi, 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 Saudi yeah, excuse me. He, he turned, turned down 1.3 billion dollars to go to Saudi Saudi Arabia to go to Miami. Miami, yeah. which is owned co-owned by David Beckham, who has one of the greatest sports deals ever. So tell us tell us Ian what, what's this correlation? So one of the things that I'm seeing, of course, let's say I'm sitting in Apple, right? And I'm Tim Cook. I'm not cuz hundred times better than me. But if I'm sitting and I'm seeing Bezos at every Thursday night football game, Sunday night, and you kicking it with Goodell, and you lost the bid to get the streaming rights for Monday night football or Sunday night football, what is the next best thing that you can do? So instead of going to Dubai, or excuse me, going overseas and collecting $1.3 billion over three years, look at how Messi structured his deal. Messi is going to, of course, get a salary but now he gets a percentage of the streamer revenue that now comes in from uh, MLS. And he has a partnership with Apple at the same time that they announced his Vision Pro. Because the big thing is, what the hell are you going to watch on the Vision Pro? What's the partnership with Apple? He, part of his uh, compensation is um, he's getting part of the streaming with uh, the soccer league. And Apple is is they're putting up some equity. For those streaming, they have, they have the rights. They have the rights. They have the rights to it. So yeah. po- that, people was like, "Why did he turn down a 1.3?" But and now, if I'm saying, "Well, I'm messy," no one in your country appreciates or loves football. I'm going to bring the value up. He brought the value up. Tickets went up what five x uh, upon announcement. So of course, in a, like a LeBron James, Rich Paul fashion, who will be at Invest Fest. I think they negotiated a great deal to say, not only do I want to get paid, but I want a percentage. It kind of reminds me of some of the stuff Floyd talked about at Market Mondays in Madison Square. Um, I think he did a great job at negotiating a deal and structuring a deal for himself that will end up paying him more. So not only is he going to have some uh, some shares in Apple, but he's also going to get a percentage override of the increase. And it ties into Apple having more viewership while the biggest thing with the Quest Pro or any Oculus devices, there wasn't enough games or TV shows to watch on there. So not only do they have a partnership with Disney, now you have the biggest soccer star in the world mm-hmm. partner with Apple to mm-hmm. increase viewership. I think it's well played. And I, I don't think a lot of people may see the correlation between the two. But like Messi, I, I think we all can agree, is an instant value add. One thousand percent to any situation. So now the inner Miami games are going to be popping. If it was anything like F one in Miami, I would be at some inner Miami games. Ply me, Poppy will be back. Let's go. But I think over time, Apple is trying to find ways to compete. But I think this part of the desire to do this deal was because they lost the, lost the NFL rights, 
And of course, I don't think Messi alone can make up for the loss that if Apple did get that streaming deal, but it makes a big dent. Because I think all of us here for face value would have taken a 1.3 and just said, hey, I'm going to stay over there for three years. But I think it was an amazing partnership to bring Messi over to um, Miami and give him a deal that he could not refuse. Yeah, I think one of the things he said in his press conference is that money wasn't going to be the determining factor of his decision. I think it's a strategic play. If you look at the team he chose, he, he could have chose a number of teams. He chose mm-hmm. Miami for a specific reason, David Beckham. <sighs> Um, and David Beckham chose L.A. when he came to the MLS for a specific reason, and that was ownership. Mm-hmm. I think some somewhere down the line, they're, they're going to offer him an opportunity Absolutely. to have ownership in a, in a expansion franchise the same way that they offered David Beckham. Now, if you look at the MLS's valuations over the past 10 to 15 years, I think the average team is, has appreciated by 85%, yep. with L.A. being the first billion-dollar franchise. When David Beckham came to the league, he bought the LA. He had the opportunity to buy a franchise at $25 million. Jesus. That franchise now has the greatest soccer player, arguably, of all time um, on this roster. Mm-hmm. All the tickets are sold out. Uh, I think the first game's tickets have gone up by 600%. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get the blueprint. You, you talk about the World Cup, it's, being, it's, it's not just in the United States, it's mm-hmm. in North America. So it'll be in Mexico. It'll be in locations throughout North uh, the United States. It'll be in locations throughout Canada as well. Um, it brings more attention to the sport that's already growing, right? Yep. We, 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 if you go to Atlanta right now, if you go to an Atlanta soccer game and you it's see the live. type of attendance that they have, it'll shock you. If you go to yeah. Seattle and you watch a soccer game, you'll be surprised. Now, is it on the Premier League level yet? No, no. not yet. Right, the Premier League is, I think, the second most watched sporting event in the world. The championship, I think, they do over seven hundred million views, Jeez. which sounds crazy when we talk about you know the Super Bowl and we're like, yo, it had one hundred and fifteen million. It was a world, seven hundred million people view the Premier Cup final. I think only cricket, the cricket final, has more viewers than that in the world. But you're talking about global expansion. You're talking about ownership. There's going to be an opportunity here for him to be partnered with the greatest company in the world. Um, obviously, like you said, have a live sports component inside of the new technology that they have, but to also have ownership in a league that is growing and yeah. that he is by far the face of and for the foreseeable future, right? He's not even 40 years old yet. So his presence here in America. Well, I got some work to do. It's going to be um, it's going to be historic. Yeah. I, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I try to actually buy a ticket. <laughs> I try to buy a ticket to unavailable, it. right? Not no chance. And he has a documentary coming out on Apple TV while Apple is continuously trying to find a way to kick everybody's ass at the Oscars and Emmys, by the way. So they are finding ways to aggregate. So like even from a brand, there's only like a time equity that you can invest in anything. Apple's eat up most of the attention. And if people don't think like the nightlife in Miami is amazing, like the, the city just vibrant, right? This is only going to add to the documentary, I'm sure, would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's really about ownership for the long term yeah. and him eventually getting his own team. Um, but I think he would bring a bunch of same way, like when LeBron goes to goes back to Cleveland or he went to like he raises the value of something instantly just by his name being attached. Yeah. It was well played. Like, um, and that's why even going back to the innovation versus like, are you uh, a creator? Um they continuously find if you break down Apple with acquisitions, all the technology, they're really like 2000 companies inside of one. 
Mm-hmm. Like for Fox not to get this and Apple did, that's a big thing. Think that about what it, it, it does, right? When if you look at the NBA finals and you see who's sitting courtside, yeah, there's some NBA players, but there's Neymar Jr. He's yeah. sitting right there. He's watching that. Yeah, he has a relationship with Jimmy Butler, and that's great, right? But he could have a relationship with Steph Curry. He didn't go to the Golden State Warriors finals last year. Absolutely. Who's next to him? Vinny Jr., mm-hmm. one of the biggest stars in the world. He's right there, too. He's next up. Yep. And so you show him what the city of Miami looks like. You show him that it's a sports town and it's a party town and it's a, it's a, 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 a rising economy. This becomes a more of an attractive place. And you have a leadership when you have you talk about Beckham already being there and opportunities again for expansion. This is big. This yeah. is big. And speaking of other mergers and acquisitions, uh, I know people said Tiger will be okay, but I think Tiger was the biggest loser that live golf PGA <laughs> the merger. Like, listen, everyone who has a high net worth always wants more money. Yeah. <sighs> Rule number yeah. one, always do what is best for you and your family. I'm sorry. I said it in y'all post. I would have promoted live Miami, live golf, <laughs> live free, live strong for 800. I'm going. I'm going to Phil Mickelson say it or whoever. Then nah, Phil imagine- took the money. Phil took the money. Oh, Phil. See? Yeah, so Phil took the money. He made $106 million last year. Dustin was- Johnson took the money. They made a, he made 107. He was the highest paid golfer in the world last year. So I think um so for anybody that's another post that went yeah, pretty viral. Let's talk about that. Tiger Woods turned down 800 million dollars from Live. Live is a golf league that was started in Saudi Arabia a few years ago, mm-hmm. and they just started paying a, a bunch of money for the top golfers, and they got Phil Mickelson. They got a lot of the top golfers. They offered Tiger Woods 800 million last year, about a year ago from this from this day, and he turned it down. To stay with the PGA, yes. um, believe he that he's working on a, a virtual league. Yeah, him and Maury with the with the PGA, and you know he, he he's fast forward to this year, and the PGA a couple of days ago announced that they will be merging with Live. It's like you know can't beat them, join them. Live was just throwing too much money around and couldn't sustain it. So now it's like, all right, did he make a big mistake? Because it's like, all right, you turned down eight hundred million dollars. And you're essentially in the same league now. Like they merged together. We'll yes. see what that what that merger actually looks like. But um, you know, you turn down almost a billion dollars, and then a year later, the two leagues combine. So Jamel Hill gave some good commentary on our post. Sure. She says, depends on how you look at it. Realize while these contracts are lucrative, they also come with some interesting stipulations. For one, the money players win and live tournaments is recouped against the live contracts, which I don't think that's a big deal because it's $800 million, but okay, point point taken. Players also couldn't leave live unless they gave live four times the value of their contract, which means the league essentially owns you. Players only can wear live apparel at live events, can't wear any outside logos without approval, and give up their image and likeness without any royalties. Players cannot grant any interviews or make any appearances without live approval. So was it worth it for Tiger? He would have been suspended from the PGA Tour, Mm -hmm. and based on restrictions, his Tiger Woods golf brand might have been severely compromised because he wouldn't be able to promote the brand while playing on the tour. You're also... 
or under the control of a government that doesn't believe in free speech. Tiger Woods brand, frankly, is bigger than lives. So while the figure they offered him is staggering, there's a lot more to it. I agree, but a lot of those same things you can't do in the NBA. I don't see anybody wearing uh, Kanye Yeezys on the court either. Well, you can wear the sneakers, you but can, you can't you can. wear your own. Like you yeah. can't wear your own uniform. Yeah, like, you can't you wear can't, your own jersey. Yeah, so PJ yeah. Tucker wore Yeezys. Yeah, you can't. You can't it's wear your own uniform. Thing. You can't wear. You can't wear a Reebok uniform because the league is sponsored by Nike. Yeah, I I get that. Her point for Shout to, I Tiger. love her though. Yeah, and we love Jamil. Great point for Tiger, but for Rory McIlroy, his brand is not bigger than Live. And Facts. he rode along with this. They offered. They didn't even get to offer him one. He said straight up, "I'm not going." Now this is true. A lot of these guys make, especially Tiger. Like he's not. He hasn't been winning over the past ten years. Yeah, he's right? so a lot. A lot of his money comes from endorsements. His career's over. That's why you could have just took. But, but he hasn't. But he hasn't made a lot of money from winning tournaments anyway. He gets money from finishing in the tournament, but his, majority of his money comes from his endorsement deals. And so if he can't have any endorsements. I get it. He has a lifelong contract with Nike. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's an endorsement. But that's but, not going nowhere. But these other guys, like, there's probably five golfers that you can name if you're a casual. Like, if you're not a, if you don't know golf, you probably name maybe three or four, maybe, yeah. right? Yeah. A guy like his brand doesn't, his brand suffers because, like, there is, you're not getting a Rory McElroy shoe, or you're not, you know what I'm saying? It's just not a common name. You don't yeah. really know who he looks like. Whereas a guy like Dustin Johnson, who's in the same boat, who's a great player, he takes 107 million up, 102 million up front. Mm-hmm. And like I'll get five million in endorsements. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll take the low end on endorsements, but I got a hundred and two up front, yeah. and that's that's not even like if we win prize money, that's his contract to come. I also oh. th- I also think that business is negotiable. So although she makes those valid points, those are like kind of like I guess the set guidelines for the league. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure under any negotiation, Tiger would have been able to negotiate whatever he wanted. Even if it was a little less money, I'm pretty sure that Tiger would have came in with a lot of leverage and he wouldn't have been held to the same rules as every other player. Um, I just have a strong suspicion that that would have been possible. Um, And also, another thing, a lot of people in the post was like, well, he chose integrity over money and blood money (laughs) is not all money is not good money. Well, A... They merge, so it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all commingled now. Yeah. All, yeah, it's all commingled. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. in, in, in America, we can't say that when every they Fortune all. 500 company was built on blood money. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, and the next thing is, what blood money are you are you referring to? I don't, I'm just, I just need clarification because you have a country that was stolen from the native people that actually lived here and built on slave labor that the descendants still haven't gotten compensated to this day. The only country that actually ever dropped an atomic bomb on another country and has created a tremendous a tremendous amount of chaos throughout the world. Now, not to say that America is all bad. It's done a lot of great things as well. But I'm just I'm just it's just curious, especially black people, when they make these moral statements Mm -hmm. like, well, okay, let's see blood money. Yeah. No, I'm just saying you say like blood money and all money's not good and well. What makes Saudi Arabia worse than America? Here's a here's a great does Saudi does the United States government do business with Saudi Arabia? Now this is a great the other point we gotta talk <laughs> about though, right? right. That, the number and- the number one supplier of military um equipment to Saudi Arabia is the United States. But is that a good thing? 
I'm just saying when we're talking about doing having business with a country, right? It's part yeah. of it was like, how could you do business with sorry? Your government does. But why? But, why my thing? Why would you? Why would you not do business with Saudi? I'll Arabia? answer that because it's going to lead to our, uh, okay. Well played chess move by the investment fund to build this league, make it popular, offer money to the top players to get them to leave, to force a merger in a recession. Now it's the Saudi Arabia planning to do business with China. We've highlighted this on many other shows prior to. Also, too, if they can soften their image, as China is trying to do as well. I keep going back to this, and everyone keeps saying I'm a conspiracy theorist. China, if they get Africa and team with Russia, it is going to be hell on earth for us. They just took one of our greatest media properties from up underneath us. And the big thing in the stock market that no one wants to talk about on Wall Street is what are you going to do with Saudi Aramco? Now, we want to talk about big geo players in the stock market. No, now Apple won't even mention them. You have to factor these in when you're going at war. And when we haven't been treating other countries well for centuries, at some point, they will want their revenge. So they're getting it on the media, the waterways, the toll roads, elections, loans on other countries. And if they know that they can buy most of our athletes, politicians, and entertainers, was this a great move on the end? I think so. But why, why would you not do business with Saudi Arabia? I didn't say you shouldn't, but at some point as a, as a country, you have to say, is doing business with others that may want your downfall a good thing? I think America's fall is going to come at the demise of our short-sightedness and building the continents and countries that we treated like shit first and then built them up so they can come back and kill us. At some point, the bully's kid's going to come back for his retribution. But as you personally, mm -hmm. would you do business with Saudi Arabia? Depends on who it is. For the right amount, maybe. You take it 800. Oh, I'm, I'm promoting Live Strong, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> live <my name. laughs> what you mean? I said in the post, 800. I'm, ta I'm taking Messi's 1.2. Listen, Matter come through with three, four hundred. I'm finna put the Oculus A. So I mean, but I, I think uh, it's just it's just business. That's that's this is what I'm just trying to. That's get not to. true though. It, how is it not true? Some business can lead to your demise. That's the same reason why I never invest in that's, that's, that's not any good. prison stocks. Well, that but that's not good business. But I'm saying as far as why, if you're doing business that's going to lead to your demise, that's not good business. Right, America doesn't do it intentionally. If you do it intentionally, obviously, yeah. if you know, if yeah. you know, this is going to lead to my demise, then you probably that's not good business. So what I'm saying is that um, Saudi Arabia, right? I just don't understand the comments when people were like, "Well, he kept his integrity." He, you live in a country that enslaved your ancestors, and you bank with Bank of America. <laughs> like, so, and like, you don't have any conflict. <laughs> you don't feel any, and, and I know this, like, no worries. No, no, this, no, this, I just use Bank of America because it's Bank of America. Wells Fargo. Yeah. But it's like, that's you, what you meant to you say. You don't feel any conflict of interest with that. You don't feel any conflict of interest from practicing Columbus Day when he raped and pillaged millions of people. Yep. Yeah, throw a party. So Great. I'm just confused on you. That is literally one of the most confusing statements of all time. 
you have no problem assimilating in a society that has tried to terrorize you for 600 years. And then you saying, well, he has integrity because, and I, I'm pretty sure that's not even the reason why he didn't do it, but I'm just saying, if that's your logic, yeah, like, you, sh- you, sh- yeah. you, sh- you shouldn't, all money's not good money. You're literally getting paid from somebody that probably doesn't even like you. Perhaps. Think about it. But what do I know? God bless America. God bless America. Tiger should have took the 800. Yay yay 2024. (laughs) Let's try that campaign. Let's see how that goes. Shout out to everybody that's important. He's he's our only hope. We love you. Kanye is our only hope. Um, Dead or alive? Now with some shoulder pads. (laughs) Yo, that was crazy. Uh, Did he shave his eyebrows off? I don't know. Ian, let's 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 run through a, a I'm, couple because we promised them last week that we were talking about a couple couple companies. We would maybe give out some some numbers uh, to get in that. Let's do our our, our dead or alive. Why did Apple last week? If they uh, listen closely, we're going we're going to add one. We're going to add one. Gotcha. All right, uh, we're going to talk about the health of companies to tell whether their vital signs are strong or weak. Let's start with an ETF. We were talking about ETFs earlier when we were talking about QQQ. Let's talk about XLI, uh, the industrial. ETF of the Spider Fund trading at about 102.69. Yeah. Um, some of the holdings Radeon, Honeywell, UPS, Union Pacific, Boeing. What's your thoughts on XLI? Industrials are alive and well. They they are kicking ass. Um, I like it. if it ever drops back down to like maybe eighty four dollars and twenty four cent. That would be a good entry point. I have it going to one ten by January of next year. Safe, steady, uh, we went, went a race here. Um, Industrials is not talked about enough, but they've been doing incredibly well, especially since 2010. In 2010, um, I think that low was at like $15. Mm-hmm. If you'd have gotten at 21 bucks, you'd have been killing. So instead, you're not going to get 122% return in one year, yeah. but Industrials are doing incredibly well, and it's like the foundational infrastructure um, play, even though I hate that word, of the country. So I, I love uh, the sector. Yeah, XLI was one of my 2021 sleepers. Um, shout out to Bam. I think we were both uh, in a couple of option calls on XLI. You're right, though. Slow and steady. Beast yep. All right. Uh, let's go. to. We talk about Coinbase, man. Uh, it's 52-week high. was 116. It is trading right at about $51 now. Obviously, the SEC lawsuit has been bestowed upon them. What's your thought on Coinbase? Um, I don't think that Coinbase is dead. Um, they are in trouble, though. I don't see the current pivot. I've been saying this for almost two years. Um, I don't see how to naturally pivot unless they focus a lot more on traditional indexes and stocks. And I don't, I don't think they have an advantage over Schwab or E-Trade um, or the competitors in that class. I don't like it for a long-term investment. I do like Brian Armstrong as a CEO. Um I'm not going to say it's dead, but I wouldn't invest in Coinbase. That's We're not same. touching this right now. No, you can't. All right, let's move over to the retail sector. We've been talking about this company for three years. I think since we started Market Mondays, we've been talking about this company. And Don't I you. feel like it's only gotten stronger. The The brand loyalty is growing. Lululemon uh, is now at 363. It's down 5% over the past four weeks. Uh, 52-week high, 389. What's your thoughts on Lululemon? Uh, alive, well, amazing. Shout out to Ty. This one of my guys, Ty's favorite picks uh, from 2018, 2019, I think. Um, Lululemon is amazing. Um, amazing customer base. Brand is strong. The higher end demographic um, 
if I can get it around, ideally maybe 269, 68, I would be elated. I have it going back to 450 by like April or May of next year. Um, Lulu Lemon is alive, well, and will do well for the foreseeable do you, future. Do you see somebody publicly traded company that it's a competitor in athleisure? I, I, I mean, Nike comes to mind, but I feel like the Nike product. When it comes to athleisure wear, yeah. I don't do you do you think they have an edge there? I don't I don't see them having a true competitor. Of course, like I think um Nike has some amazing apparel. Um Gymshark isn't publicly traded, but like they, they serve a n- nice niche that is like mid-luxury mm-hmm. athletic wear where they carved out like an interesting niche and like took over that market. Where and the thing I like about them, they are in a safe gap. They're not target quality, but they're not quite Louis Vuitton either. Right. So they find like a very safe niche to be in and, and occupy while not coming off as a threat to the empire that is LVMH and Chanel and Dior and everybody else. So I don't see them having a clear cut competitor. Yeah. Really and the demographic, and one of those things that I look for in a company, the demographic of who's shopping is getting younger. Mm-hmm. It started out as a yoga apparel company, and now it's like a everyday wear to school thing. Like yeah. I'm telling you, like it, it's a survive, survive definitely is. Let's talk about Macy's, man. Uh, <laughs> Macy's, it's uh, it's had a rough, a rough time mm-hmm. since the pandemic. But even prior to the pandemic, we could probably see some some downfall for it. Uh, they have figured out a few things, right? The inventory management has gotten a little bit better. I know during during the pandemic, they were behind like seasons. Just because of the overwhelming inventory, um, so they've increased their markdowns. Uh, they have reduced their guidance, meaning that they're saying, "Look, I know what we were saying we were going to expect. This is exact. This is what we're looking like now." So that has been lowered, and they had. A, a, I guess this is a good sign. Nike is returning to to stores. They had been under contract negotiations for over a year. They've downsized on their anchor stores, which is important. Um, you know, people just are not going to malls at the same rate, and so they're going mm-hmm. into out of strip malls. They are trading at just over sixteen dollars. What's your thoughts on Macy's? Nike sending them that stepped on work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, y'all go ahead and have this real quick. Take uh, it, take it. <laughs> hey, um, Macy's, I wouldn't say is dead, but um, it is in its um, dementia years, if you will. Like average volume, fifteen million P ratio isn't bad. Um, but the, the margins, Macy's been in trouble for a long time. I'm, su- yes. I, I'm surprised they've been able to hang on this long. I would not invest in Macy's. I mean, me personally, I wouldn't touch it unless it got to maybe $2.35. Maybe I'll swing it up to 10 bucks. But I think the company pretty much is uninvestable, um, especially as you we're in a soft recession or earnings recession and everyone is spending less and finding ways to save more right. um, with margins that low. They have no real competitive advantage, and the stores normally, whenever I've been into them, on yeah. shit show at best. Um, no, absolutely not. Stay away. Shout yeah. out to Macy's, man. I'll stay away. Uh, let's go to Target. We're staying in the retail space. Let's talk about Target. We've seen a number of analysts downgrade them. Um, there's been some sales concerns. 52 week high was 183. They're at about 125, uh, 125.50. Yeah, you talk about Target. Uh, y'all got some explaining to do. Is it certain issues I don't want to touch? 
Um, that isn't the only reason why Target has been falling apart. You guys can go do do your Googles. Um, they start falling apart like around 245-ish. Um, I have Target going back to 101.25. Um, long term, they'll be fine. But if I'm looking in that retail space, I would not want exposure there. And the truth is, like, in 2020 and 2021, they kind of moved like a tech stock for a little bit. And I think mm -hmm. they were just the valuation on or the market cap increased just too fast. Um, and they have some like so even, even with them at Heiser Bush, they have to, I think, correct those issues. But I think the stock just went up too fast as a result of money, all the excess capital being thrown around from um, the stimulus. And now that that money has gone, you're seeing the it reflected in their sales mm -hmm. and expect the guidance for the next couple quarters coming up. So I wouldn't touch target the value shopping play. All right, let's give them what they came for. Ian Tesla up 128% year to date. We spoke about the, the Ford deal and the charging. They are the most overboard stock on wall street. What is mm -hmm. your thoughts on Tesla? Tesla's alive and well. Um, Elon, a focused Elon is a dangerous Elon, um, they should hit 300. I, I gave the time frame soon. I mean, I gave the time frame earlier. Um, they bought them incredibly well. And then they also have benefited from hedge funds buying back in as well. But I think a, a focus Elon is amazing. And they're the clear king maker, clear leader in that EV space. I got another little theory about the whole EV space in China and how that about. Stay tuned next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And you can tune into the conspiracy show with Ian, Rashad, and Troy. Um, we need to get Alex Jones and Umar here on the same episode. Yeah. Market Monday and live. And from, Billy Carson. Live from Beijing. Oh, that would be incredible. Can we do that next? Hey. <laughs> Billy, what's up? Um, but, but yeah, Tesla is absolutely amazing. They're the clear leader in that space. Um, and no real competition. So we got to go with one more then. We're going to stay in the EV space. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about ChargePoint. When we talk gotcha. about the Ford deal uh, and the charging stations, which is great for Tesla and good for Ford. ChargePoint, the largest online network of independently owned EV charging stations operating in 14 countries. There's an inverse effect to that when you have a juggernaut coming into the space saying we're going to go widespread with this. Uh, what's your thoughts on ChargePoint? In 2020, <laughs> they were trading at $40. They are now at eight sixty. What's Go to Ebenezer Baptist, oh, uh, talk to the oh, pastor, oh boy. ask him how much he needs to give, get the choir, get the little repast food ready. Um, unless they get acquired, I don't see how charge point sustains at all. Um, they are technically at yeah, a lower price than when they IPO. They'll probably hit five bucks or maybe... They'll probably have a bounce up at $6.27. I think it'll be a dead cat bounce. But like once you have Tesla as your primary competition. Trouble. Yeah, it, it's trouble. And I'm sure they probably have great management, great leadership there. For those of you who work there, please don't message me. You know, this my thoughts are purely on the stock and not the leadership or those who work there. But I don't see how this company is able to survive or thrive in a recession when the EV space is hanging on by a thread and there's one clear leader and the clear leader is now offering the service that you offer. Yeah, tough. 
over what? Right. We did industrials. We uh, touched on Coinbase. We did some retail with Lululemon, Macy's, and Target. Uh, we did EV, Tesla, and ChargePoint. Let's do uh, a financial. Let's go to uh, USB. Uh, down 32% for the year, man. Uh, what's your thoughts? Um, USB, I don't see... I mean, they'll, they'll probably bounce from me. They're 31 bucks. Historically, when they've went to like 29 to $31, they have had a bounce. This time may be different. I think the true fair value of USB is like right around $21. I wouldn't mind having it there. If I'm a, or if I'm going to hold it for 10 years, like $9.30, that was a 2008 price. I would load the boat there if I wanted to swing trade it. But I don't see how USB is better than... If we look at JP Morgan, JP Morgan and Tesla have a similar gap in the marketplace where they're the clear leader and everyone else is kind of following between. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to say U.S. Bank is dead, but it, I think it's uninvestable at this point. I wouldn't touch it. If my life was on the line, I, I wouldn't put any money into U.S. Bank Corp. Stay away. Rashad violated Bank of America. I'm going to violate U.S. Bank. <laughs> we violate all financials today. I appreciate you dearly. <laughs> yeah. um, and like I said, I don't, I don't, I have a problem with Bank of America. I was just, yeah, just you know, felt like a good reference since it's called Bank of America. Yeah. But shout out to Bank of America. Yep. If you would like to sponsor Market Mondays, we Brian Moynihan, please come on the show. We can have a conversation. <laughs> it's just business. Um. Shout out to Irv Gotti. That was, I mean, Chris Gotti. Yo, oh, that was that was a hell of a oh, story. Great, great story. Oh, about Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. One of the coldest dudes. It's just business. You got to be careful who you align <laughs> yourself with because if you're, uh, what, was, what was the story you talking about? Well, well, Irv went to Jay and was like, "Yo, I want to sign Nas. Oh sign yeah, Nas yeah. Murder Inc. Yeah. yeah. Like, yo, that's my. That's what you want to do and. You know, they nice. turn to Chris and be like, "Yo, it's good business." And Jay was like, "Okay, okay. Yeah, let's do it." Did the whole yeah. press call with him? <laughs> Great. The, the the Tupac remix with Ja Murder. Yeah. Yo, you, you can't sign Nas. You can only partner with Nas. He did the whole thing with. Uh, they had a whole press conference on press MTV conference. with Nas and Jay. And three months later, <laughs> Jay Z and Fifty Cent go on tour. You go back to Irv and say, "Hey, just business." It's just business. It's just business. Be careful. Yo, here's the, I was at that tour. It's just business. Ooh, that, that tour was that's probably one of my favorite concerts of all time. They, were, they had that tour at Jones Beach. I went to that tour. It was a, mm -hmm. called the Rock the Mic Tour. And uh yeah. it was 50 and then and Jay uh closed the show. That's great. Yo, just business, man. It's just business. It's just business, ladies and Be gentlemen. Careful with, with before they go to ally with your enemies. So, yeah, what do you know? Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, all right. Well, it's been real, ladies and gentlemen. You want to talk about AMD or you want to save that? Yeah, we can talk about it. Can we announce a Warren Buffett to be on the show next week? <laughs> <laughs> These are just lies. <laughs> Shout out to Warren, everybody ever at Berkshire. Um, yeah, we can talk about AMD. Um, the CEO sold off 36 million dollars worth of shares. A lot of people are like, yo, is it now the time to get out of AMD? Um, I think she deserves to cash out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think as a result that the stock is going to fall or that they're giving up or like I'm losing the race to NVIDIA. Um, now, if she steps down, that will cause for concern. But um, she's done, done an amazing job. I wouldn't be as concerned. I'm still holding AMD, still holding NVIDIA. I've told everybody in Red Panda to continue to hold AMD for the long term. Um, yeah. Now, if like maybe four or five other executives sell off at the same time or one of them steps down for a golden parachute, I would be concerned, but as long as she's in that seat, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, and it's public information. I feel like the CEOs do this all the time. I yeah, remember I, I I watched Tim Cook sell shares of Apple, and it's that doesn't change my stance on investing in Apple. Yeah, um, yeah. But if you start seeing <laughs> a number of executives do it, yeah, you should yeah. you should you should probably take note of that, right? We saw this happen with with Elon when he was selling shares of Tesla because he had to finance the purchase yeah, of, of Twitter. Um, so it happens. Harriet yeah. Tubman. Bill has been delayed to 2030. I see. 2030? Wait, what? Damn. You know, she's $20 to, bill? Be a, yeah, yeah, the $20 they bill. They yeah. said the technical difficulties. They have delayed it till 2020, 2030. Uh, <laughs> right when we go off of paper money. <laughs> just in time. Gotcha. It's just business. Gotcha. Wow. wow. Right, when Fed, wow. right when Fed now, when there's no more paper money. <laughs> Yo, I know, right? Everything digital. Now we're gonna give y'all a token of appreciation. It's gonna be like a a, a stamp at like collectors, know, collectors. Yeah, collectors. Edition. It'll be on the infomercial. By twenty thirty, a twenty is gonna be worth five dollars. If like I said, if, if there even is paper money. Yeah. America. Yes. This is America. This is America, ladies and gentlemen. Saudi Aramco. Second. Uh... By market cap, right? Number two by market cap, wealthiest company in the world, just behind Apple. That's scary. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. Go study the top five governments, top five hedge funds, top five institutions. You don't have to listen to me. What do I know? I'm just a dude who made up a title, but all this stuff that I say ends up coming in. Ray Dalio was on CNBC today talking about America's debt problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will be in London this week. Yes. About investing in international markets, and then got a little doozy for next year too. I ain't gonna say too much, but oh, you know, get your tickets to Invest Fest. Tickets for Ghana will be available soon. Chicago will be there soon. So, yeah, yeah. Market Mondays. Yeah, yes. Market Mondays tour. The Market Mondays experience, best investment show ever created. Market Mondays rolls along. Um, yes. A lot of money was made. Yeah. Speaking of, of which, if I've made you money, please put yes in chat. Comments go crazy. Mike, click yeah, this up. Please, please. A lot of lives were saved by us. Absolutely. That's a fact. Um, don't don't take it for granted. Um, Speaking of which, which is more important, information or relationships? I think y'all know the answer. I think they know the answer. They watch it happen in real time. Information or relationships. They definitely go hand in hand. But I say it's about a 60-40 break. It's a 60-40 uh, relationships. You can't you can't be you because you can have a lot of great relationships and not have anything for it because you don't have enough information or enough value to actually know how to utilize those relationships. But you can have a lot of information and go nowhere in life. Um, there's a lot of smart people that's um, struggling mm-hmm. because they don't know how to put it together. So relationships probably one of the most important things and that's the one thing that they don't teach you that's the crazy thing about it no nobody teaches you how to build relationships we do 
we've given you a variety of different blueprints and you have books like how to win friends and influence people. That's a great book to read, but just in school, mm-hmm. that type of skill is not taught. There's no master's degree in relationships. There's no, you can't go to, you know, a junior college and take a course on relationship building. Um, or at least I've never seen it. Um, so, but you can go to any school and get it information on anything. Um, so I think that relationships are more important than information. And um, a lot of people don't understand that and they never will. And that's why they're not, they're not going to make it. To be honest with you. Not going to make it. We going to make it. Shout out to Jada. And shout out to Flaugier for the shout out on Vlad. I know Vlad's a vulture. No, d- 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 <laughs> he ain't clipping out. Shout yeah. out to Flaw J. That episode been Big going cra- the clips been yeah. going crazy. Shout out to Mary J. Blige. Those clips Facts. been going crazy too. Um, shout out to Charlemagne. Gave us a shout out today on the Breakfast Club. They yeah. posted a um, clip about her thirty thousand dollars a month. Let's talk about this before we leave. <laughs> My God, it's thirty thousand dollars a month justifiable for a woman to pay a man, no children involved, um, both elders, both in their fifties. <laughs> I think they, I think she's done now. I think yeah, okay. she, you know, she had to go on tour. If anybody doesn't know, Mary J. Blige got a divorce from her ex-husband. Allegedly, he was cheating on her with her artist. Um allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. That's what I said. I'm just reiterating um, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, and some other stuff had happened. And she filed for they got a divorce, and then um obviously. She is who she is. And, you know, he requested alimony mm. and the judge granted $30,000 a month of alimony. I guess at the time that was a struggle for her to pay that. So she had to go on tour to pay alimony. And I was surprised, you know, as a, you know, it was I surprised that it, 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 it went so crazy. But then also I was surprised that the, the men in the comments were very um, opinionated about this. Like they took this extremely personal and um, they were like, yo, this is what men have been going through forever. <laughs> City boys won. City boys up. <laughs> have, like, no, have no. Um, so it was just interesting to see uh, the commentary because the men with not all of them, but a lot of most of them were very enthusiastic about championing. They felt vindicated. Her paying 30000 a month. Like, I'm, you know, what's so crazy. I was talking 19 keys about this. People, the Internet has created a very weird space of people that have taking on other people's problems and issues and it's never affect them. Like, I don't know one person in life that, that pays alimony. Be like, I have you, the average man is not paying alimony. Child support is one thing. That's different. Not, you're not even in a situation where you even are paying alimony. You don't even know anybody that's paying alimony, let alone $30,000. How many people do you know that personally, you know, personally has paid $30,000 a month in alimony? I mean, not a word. How many people do they know that make thirty thousand a month? The internet, like I said, it, like it, that's real. It, it's created a space. It's created a safe space for um for weirdos, and they've all not to say that you can uh, agree on that. That's your, but I'm just saying, just the way to go about it. Like you saying, like yo, city boys is up, da 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 da. Like I mean, if that if you agree, like yo, she should be paying thirty thousand a month. I just agree. I just I never wrote a caption. I feel like you got to be have a mental illness to be a. A, a grown man and to write a caption on somebody's post about 
a whole long like know what I'm saying. Like I might go on Bleacher's Report and be like, "Yo, Braun's the best ever." Or something. Like know what I'm saying, I'm not debating with somebody and arguing with them and calling somebody out in a post that I don't know. The person has no idea who I am. That's like me going to Beyonce's post, like, "Oh, you're trash." Da -da -da -da. Like people use that. You gotta, that you, gotta you gotta be extremely mentally ill to pull a stunt like that, and it happens every day. And I just look at it, and I'm just like, yo, this this internet's just getting weirder and weirder by the day. And these aren't little kids. Mm -hmm. These are these are grown men. That's 37, 39, 46. And as a result oh, of, you know, uh, increasing unhappiness and money conditions being tighter, this is the new form of outrage. So that's a lot of reason why. It happens in there and YouTube comments and stuff like that. It's just really a sign of the times. Um, I wish uh, when I've had my conversations with them, Meta, I, I wish something would be done about this. But like that engagement is needed to keep the economic engine going for social media platforms. Because without the negativity, let's be honest, these platforms will not thrive. That's why every attempt at a positive base channel usually doesn't work. Nope. Yeah, so. Now, now, but did, did he? I don't like it. But did he help with her career in any way? Um, I can't. I mean, she had a career, but prior to him, that was flourishing. Um, whether he helped it, I know he was managing her. Uh, I, I can't say he did or didn't. Uh, between them, but thirty thousand—that's that's crazy. VSG Entertainment clipped this up. Who's the biggest him? Him or Zion? <laughs> My thing is like, like I said, I mean, he, I'm sure you know his whatever the personal issues is. I can't judge him. I don't know him. Like he might have had a valid reason, but I just like I don't understand. Like I just can't see myself going in somebody else's comments. Like yeah, I'm so happy for him. Like you don't, you don't even know him. You don't know her either. And me, like I'm a hustler. Like I ain't never asked nobody for no money. Like I can't see myself fouling for support from a woman. Like I what. What like what alter reality are we living in right now? Like you as a grown man, you you want to like this is your resort. And like I said, it's not even directed to him personally, but just anybody. Like yeah, this is it. Like you, I wouldn't even want to take no money. Like I okay, like. Okay, but what if it's a Saudi Arabian princess and y'all get divorced and you get four billion? What are we doing? But like I said, me personally, <laughs> what are we doing? Me personally, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. If listen, if goes back to the information relationships. If I was married to a Saudi Arabian princess for four years and I ain't build enough relationships and, and build enough capital for myself to be good, shame on me. I, I fail. I don't need you. Like, if I'm in that space, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be dancing around. I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be shaking. I'm going to be, I know this. I know that. I know this. Da, 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 da. I'm going hey, to have enough money. I'm going to have enough relationships where I'm good. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't asking nobody. I, I never ask nobody for money. I'm definitely not going to ask a woman for money. I never asked. I never in my life asked a woman for money. Not to say that, you know, that's a bad thing. Like if you down on your luck, you might have to ask your significant other. I'm just speaking for myself personally, me personally. Yeah. I never in my life ever took money from a woman ever outside of my mom. But like, you know what I'm saying? I never was in a relationship with somebody where I'm like, yo, I need you to hold me down. I need this money. Like I, I'm not doing that. Tara, Tara's calling. Down. I'm not doing that. Like, you know TT calling. Like, yo, y'all, 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 it's just, yo, that's why it's a weird, it's a weird mentality. Become one. Now I'm with you. I never, yeah. I, I, I'm just not comfortable borrowing money, period, from any man or woman. Um, He's but, a financial munch. 
<laughs> yeah, man, it's just it's alarming. I mean, I guess people just they people is raised different. They come up with different value systems. They have different morals. Some things people are comfortable with. These are just some things that, and I agree with them. I'm I'm just not. I was never comfortable with it. I wasn't raised like that, um, and I never see myself having to uh, now in marriage that's something that's completely different right like two become one and we've had that conversation about having joint accounts so it's never like i'm using money or borrowing money and i don't want her to feel like she's using money or borrowing money for me it's, it's money that comes into this family so it's just it's just it's a it's a moral code man we were just raised different it's a different yeah. generation the internet is a, is a scary place as far as commenting on like good luck well, i tell you man good luck once you won't if you if you find me commenting on a any picture Good luck. Yeah, like, I just can't. Yeah. I can't subscribe to it, bro. Once we hit this, shout out to Bloomberg. <laughs> once we hit this, once we hit this, once we hit this nail, I'm gone, man. Because it's getting spookier and spookier by the day. Uh, I never really had no passion for the internet. I just saw it as an opportunity to reach hold people. On, hold on. Look, 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 before we go any further. No, please. no, no. Let, let him go. No, I don't want him to go any further. I don't... No, please because go further. No, we're gonna miss something very important. Remember, remember when, when Hove was on? Um, how oh, no, we're gonna miss something very important, man, because we can talk about the, the people on the internet, but I want to talk about the three men that are here right now because it's very important. And the people who are watching that are most and, and so there are some men out here that are watching us, and I'm sure our fathers are watching us. I want to wish y'all a happy Father's Day, happy in, Father's, in, happy in Father's advance, Day, because yes. all three of us, and I'll speak for you two gentlemen, are honorable men who are in their, their children's lives who take time to raise and nurture a young man, a young man, a young man and a young lady for my end. Um, but we are role models in that, not only for our children, but for the children that are watching us. So I want to commend you gentlemen, all the gentlemen that are watching. And, happy Father's Day. And, and, and a, lot of, a lot of men, <laughs> a lot of men owe, owe, owe some, you know what I'm he, saying? Listen, he remember when I was in Vegas a lot of them. screaming? And you was like, yo, chill. A lot of them. TV time about 20. That's a lot of them. <laughs> you remember you, you know, I, call, I just called it. You can't call, call it again. I just called it. <laughs> a lot of a lot of stepsons out there. Shout out to all the men that are you know I, said, I just, rep, I just holding it down. Yep. Yep. Well, happy Father's Day to all the dads. Shame on you for all you deadbeats out there as well. <laughs> 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 This is true. Hey, mother. Hey, why are you so angry? If you spend time with your kids and do the homework and go to practice, what you think going on? Shame. Yeah, shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kid. Y'all not spending no money with your kid. Kids. Y'all not, not giving the mother no money. How you think you go? How you think a, a woman is supposed to take care of a kid if you don't give her money? It's common sense. I don't care about how bad a relationship you are. If you have a child who's under the age of 18, that means that the mother and they live with the mother, the mother is taking care of them. So it's your responsibility to give money to the mother so they can support your child. This is not negotiable. This is not something I don't understand. Like, yo, it don't take money to raise. Yeah, it actually does. You it need actually time does. And, money. And, and, and for fellas, I'll be, I've been <laughs> super transparent with everybody in Red Panda. A lot of times, if the relationship does not go right with who you have the child with, shout out to Zander's mom. I appreciate you. You're amazing and everything. Thank you for the greatest gift of my life I've ever received. Um, wow. When we are better communicators and kinder in approach, things go better for us, too. Like, as True. soon as I start having better communication with her, then I was True. able to move around a lot more. Like, But regardless of the man, you have to take care of your responsibilities. If you make the child, you still got, even when it gets tough, even when y'all getting into it and going back and forth, you still got to provide at all costs. Your number one job as a man is to protect and provide. 
Yeah, so. man. And never do business with a deadbeat. If they don't take care of your kids, they damn sure not going to care. You would kill me. That Oh, that's a big role. Like, if you don't take care of your kids, you, you would kill me. I am you good. I don't want to be around. That's a fact. I, I am good. That's why anybody, like, you, you don't have your kid often? Man, I'll be on the road, be like, yo, well, man, how your kid doing? Man, I don't know, mama, boy. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> you'll be smoking on the end pack. You get the chance. Bet you don't. Bet you don't. Get from around me, Otis. I'm cool. I am get from cool. around me. Get from around I am me. Cool. I'm scared. <laughs> Man, uh, in three months. Bro. Mike, clip this up for us, please. Uh, Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike. Shout out and to no, Mike. I'm not doing my Derek Jackson catering it's, to the it's, women, uh, but I'm just being it's real. Oh, it's Mike's first follow. Shout out to Mike. It's his oh, first follow. My brother, I got Ty's first father's always. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Love, man. We gonna we gonna yeah. lead with love. love. Yeah, and now it's not about capable for women, but it's just it's about men. Just how I gotta have real conversations with men. Yeah, like I said, me personally, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want a thief around me. I don't want a deadbeat around me because I feel like don't stay away from me if you're a deadbeat because that's a character flaw that's extremely dangerous. If you don't care about your own flesh, you damn sure not gonna care about me. And stop haggling over $150. Like, just give her money. Give her money because you have a child. Give that in context because you're going to sound like Zion when it comes to Oh, you to have that. a child. <laughs> so, <laughs> so leave Zion out of this, man. He's going through so, We're going to so pray for him. Give, and, give what you can afford. Obviously, you know, if you, if, you, if you can't afford, but if you can't afford it, then go get a job. That's, that's another option. Everyone isn't hiring as fast as they're reporting. You got to figure out a way to make it happen, bro. <laughs> You got to figure out a way to make it happen or take the kid. That's an option too. Right? Be the caregiver. Be a caregiver. See how that works out for you. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't go to the club four nights out the week and then be like, yo, $100, how much? I just gave you 50 like, what are we? What are we Troy, talking? I'm about? trying to figure out how to segue out of this. <laughs> Yo, man, I'm, 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 I'm out of here. I, I want to. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, it is Father's Day. It is also Juneteenth. Um, yes. And so I, I want to acknowledge that as well. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Love. That was the heart. Shout out to Brother Love. Congratulations. But, yeah, shout out to Brother Love. He's getting, uh, it's Juneteenth as well. Um, so we should acknowledge that. You might uh, see us uh, a part of a, a, a few different. Celebrations of Juneteenth. Uh, so shout out to everybody that's recognizing that and understanding what it is. And um, I know it's a, it's a it's federal now, right? So people have mon next Monday off, um, yeah. but that's fine. We'll be here either way. Love is yeah, love. Shout out to my sister uh, M4. She got a ABC special that she's a part of on Juneteenth. So tune into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next week. Love is love, y'all. Be good to each other. Reach out to each other. Uh, we got any birthdays? We got any birthdays? Nah, but. Stay sucker free out here. TV <laughs> time out, yo. And you are live. Go to the Papa John's commercial. <laughs> yes. Anything can happen. Yo, love is love, y'all. Y'all be good to each other. We Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.